Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Chris, aka SSG Blackrock, aka Mr. Muckluck, aka the great one. We're here with Should I Play That Game of the Year 2023. Mm. Are you ready? Mm. Nope. I got the. Nope. Mm, I guess nope. it's. You know? Mm -mm. Nope. Mm -mm. No? Mm -mm. 2022. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Listen, we were just talking about how 2022 was a blur and how it wasn't a year. And I completely like went with that. 2022? My bad, man. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is 2023. We are here for 2022. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, uh, it's, it's a game of the year discussion. Mm. It is that time. Are, are we ready? Are the knives out? <laughs> They've been sharpened. Okay. Yeah. See, I like that efficiency is is key here. Yes. Are you are you guys are you do you guys have your 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 bottles ready? Do you have your your drinks ready to discuss this stuff? To to I have water. Yeah, water. <laughs> mm -hmm. We're trying to keep it clean this time. Mm -mm. Nah, I'm going for blood. Y'all already know. <laughs> But um yeah, let's sort of just jump into it. Um, uh, Rod, why don't you ex uh, tell the tell the audience how we're gonna do it this year? Yes, so we've got our full house of the Should I Play That crew, and what we've done is gather a list of games before this recording. Of I think we've got about thirty, almost forty games here uh, that we've nominated for uh, to be on our Should I Play This? Uh, Should I Play That list for Game of the Year? That Game of the Year list is going to be a top. 10. So what we're going to do is whittle that list down. We'll go through several rounds of cuts, at least to start with. We'll go through um, each of the four of us um, and nominate a game to be uh, discussed and uh, likely subsequently cut, but maybe it stays, um, until we get down to 10 games. And at that point, we will all order them uh, from, from 10 all the way down to one, uh, and that will be our list for 2022. All right. Oh, one thing I do so, want to mention, actually, real quick, is that uh, at the top, if, if a game is on this list, that means that it is worthy of some amount of discussion. There's some amount of reverence or or enjoyment that we got out of the game to bring it up in this list. So, if you were in that initial, you know, that initial nomination list congrats like that's that's an achievement in itself so uh, i just wanted to say that just because we are talking about th these games and we're going to get to the point where inevitably you know as we mentioned to earlier knives are going to be out things are going to probably be said we're not trying to cut these games down we, this is really a celebration of games in the year that was uh so just wanted to keep in mind that you know we really had i think a stellar year for video games in general uh and uh, that should be reflected in these discussions yeah no for sure like this was definitely a year that i've always felt like there was something i guess like new to play or something worth like putting my attention towards so you know you know we're we're i guess we're like in the thick of this current generation now mm -hmm. um you know as of like a week or so ago, like a couple weeks ago uh sony they, they've gone out and said that you know you could go out to the store and just buy a playstation 5 now so like you don't have to buy buy it from like a scalper like people are, are uh, like these systems are more accessible so uh with that of course comes with like great games mm -hmm. uh, a lot of games this year that i feel like uh i don't know like they 
like you said, all of these games like mean something to us somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, something really stuck with us, and uh, you know, this is that time for us to have that discussion. So I'd love to also hear people in the comments or uh, like on like the like posts and stuff like that. Like what you know, what what was what is your top ten of twenty twenty two? What are some games that just you know really stuck out? And uh, you know, let's have a discussion. Yeah. Awesome. So let's go ahead and read off the list, and then we will start diving in. Um, here is our nomination list. Sifu, Rogue Legacy 2, Xenoblade 3, Marvel's Midnight Suns, God of War Ragnarok, Oli Oli World, Neon White, Weird West, Dying Light 2, Horizon Forbidden West, Metal Hellsinger, Sonic Frontiers, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Shredder's Revenge, Elden Ring, Pokemon Violet and Scarlet, Marvel Snap, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, Road 96, Stray, Rollerdrome, Vampire Survivors, Midnight Fight Express, AI The Somnium Files, Nirvana Initiative, Norco, Gotham Knights, Tunic, Immortality, Pokemon Legends Arceus, Pentiment, Nobody Saves the World, Saints Row, Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope, we Are OFK, Citizen Sleeper, Overwatch 2, Kirby and the Forgotten Land, Hard Space Shipbreaker, Bayonetta 3, and Cult of the Lamb. All right, that's a list. Uh, let's go ahead and turn it over to our round robin. And we're going to start with James here. We'll go James, Elena, Chris, and then myself. So James, what game are you nominating first for discussion? I want to hear about Kirby and the Forgotten Land. All right, all right. Is Am I the only person that has played this game? Yes. Outside of the demo, I believe so. Okay, okay, so you played a little bit of it then. Okay, um, Kirby and the Forgotten Land is uh, a game I was anticipating quite a bit uh, before it came out. It seemed like it was basically Mario Odyssey, um, but just with Kirby. Uh, and, and by that, I mean it, it seemed like a reinvention of what Kirby has always been, which is a 2D side-scroller um, and p- fairly simple, uh, reliant on, obviously, like the copy abilities and, and, uh, and whatnot. It, Kirby has never been a very difficult franchise. It's never been one that has um, gone too far beyond its 2D roots. And so... With the Forgotten Land, I was really looking forward to seeing, uh, you know, what was new in the world of Kirby and and what could they bring to that franchise. Uh, and turns out a whole hell of a lot. Um, I like this game so much um, from the visuals, which have this sort of more realistic um, tenor to it compared to some of the more cartoony aspects of it, uh, down to the, the music, which is orchestral and sweeping and epic. Um, uh, this was not a game that that I, I finished, but um, this is a game that I'm going back to with some degree of frequency. Um, very slowly, I, I chip away. I've chipped away at this game. Um, there's been a few of those on this list, actually, that I kind of have that uh, reserved for. Uh, but uh, it, it has de- it's definitely been one that I've gone back to consistently because it's just so damn satisfying to play. And, and messing with Kirby in these 3D spaces is honestly kind of a revelation for the franchise. Um, and not necessarily one that I think ultimately belongs on a top 10 list here, but... 
I absolutely had such a good time with it that it was it would be remiss for me to not at least bring it up here um, and and just see if anyone else had played it and, and felt the same way that that I did. So I haven't played the game yet, but I've been a fan of Kirby games. Last couple of Kirby games have been like uh, pretty satisfying. And to be honest, like for me, at least Kirby uh, has that special place because like I know those are games I can just pick up, play and like fully, fully enjoy mm-hmm. because it's not too hard. It's like it's a game. It's a game's game. Like it's uh, something that I could just sort of play, turn off my brain and like just enjoy it. So um, I haven't played it, but I do want like, you know, like we said, like all of these are just shout outs to games four games that you guys should play. Uh, so definitely check it out. Um, do you feel like we should go ahead and just cut it here? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think I'm okay with cutting it right now. Um, there are at least 10 other games that I could see on a list uh, before. It might be maybe on like a personal for me, but um, I- I'm okay with losing it here. I think there are tougher battles to fight. But again, just like you said, Chris, like it is really, a, I like what you said there. It's a game's game in a lot of ways. Like, you know, you got your world map, you've got your, um, you know, the things that you do expect from a platformer, but it's just presented in such a charming um, way, an endearing way that like, I, I could not help but but really dig this thing. So yeah, um, we'll cut it here, but what an awesome game. All right, nice, good stuff. Shout out Kirby. All right, uh, Elena, you're up next. What are you nominating? Uh, what do you mean? But, sorry, I had to go to the restroom. For the... Yeah, no problem. Uh, Yeah, for discussion. Uh, What are you nominating to cut, uh, if anything? Oh, nominated to cut? Uh, I'll just... Because I believe I'm the only one who played it. Xenoblade 3? Wait, you're going to cut that? Isn't that like... Oh, wow. <laughs> wait, you're, gonna, you're <laughs> going to cut Xenoblade 3? I did not expect that from you right now. Because I haven't finished it, and what I played, I did like. It's a definite step up from uh, 2. I hated 2's very slow uh, pacey, Mm -hmm. but 3 seems a a lot more interesting. And um, it has very... uh, There's some major improvements from whenever I played 1. And so, uh, like some of the side quests and things like that. But overall, I I know it's going to get cut because I already have like other things on this list that I would rather keep and fight for. Wow. Wow. Uh, talk about killing your babies. Um, it's okay. I got a couple of those on here. Okay. Yeah. Well, before we move on. <laughs> oh, I was about to nominate something else, but that would have been very controversial. Uh, well, I... Okay, well, that's cool. Well, one thing I, before we just cut and move on, like um, you mentioned that this was like a, a like a game that is better than the previous two, right? Like you've personally enjoyed this one. You thought it was more what a more streamlined experience because I mean these games are giant, like they're huge, right? Like oh, yeah. uh, hundred hour game. Mm, like and it, and it stayed and it stayed compelling for you the whole way through. Like has it? Like what? What has that experience been like? Diving into like another one of these? Like, that, does it, how much is it doing new from the other games in the franchise? Uh, new in the sense of like your party's a lot larger, mm-hmm. and you can just add more people to your party, and you switch out, and um, they have this different type of party system where you have to uh, you 
have them in your party, and then you can build up, like, confidence or, like, build up their little social link together to so that the attacks will become stronger and stuff like that. Okay. And, um, it's only better than two. I would not say it's better than one, because one, I love so much. But, that's just me. Okay. Fair enough. Alright, Xenoblade Chronicles 3. Goodbye. Uh, I need to finish it though. Chris, what's your game that you're nominating here? Uh, Stray. Okay. Tell us about Stray. I've not played Stray. Oh yeah, I haven't either. Really? That's why I'm nominating. Oh, I know why you wouldn't play it because you play as a fucking cat. Like I said, like I said, I'm going for blood this year. Why is there a game about a cat on this list? Because Sounds it was like who's that. played the who's played this? Who wants to defend it? Me. I played me, straight. I played it. <laughs> How did y'all both avoid the cat game? Yeah. That's the real I know question. Why Ro- I know why Rod <laughs> avoided it, but yeah, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, yeah, no, I, I will probably get to this game eventually. There are some things though I would like to ask you, Elena, about it because um, I was not aware that it was basically an adventure game, like uh, like almost like a point and click in in some ways. Like it's not a you control the cat and kind of, it's not like an open world like platformer in that sense and i kind of thought it would be uh i wouldn't say it's point and click it's more like uh hallways and I mean, it's kind of a mixture just like a few open zone areas yeah with, there's with open like... zones but it's not open world and it's definitely geared you towards like more like puzzle like solving. Through, yeah. There's like a little bit of puzzle solving, a little bit of a tiny bit of fighting, but you're just actually just kiting things into uh uh little corridors and things hmm. like that and trapping it. And there's a dedicated meow button. That's true. So so, like, so so what I'm hearing is it's a cute game, but uh not top ten. Hold on, let me see. <laughs> Top 10? Look, man. Uh, let me go through my list. We, <laughs> Hold on. The beginning was very sad. And then the end is kind of uh, sad, too, oh, I, I guess. I, and the fact that I actually cared for a while there. So, okay, I... I guess we should take an opportunity. I forgot to mention this at the very top, but um, so while we're talking about some of these games, we may run across spoilers. Uh, just FYI, we'll uh, we'll try to be careful. Oh no no no, Elena, you're good. But um, we'll we'll oh, we'll try we'll we'll thing. we'll try to avoid like deep spoilers if possible. But if it but this is a game of the year discussion, like we it just might be unavoidable. We might have to just spoil things. So before you do, just let people know that you're going to do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm okay if you spoil it. So yeah, Chris, if, I'm sure uh, you don't mind, right? Uh, yeah. I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Spoil it. Yeah, he doesn't care. So uh, these are like robots that are deep, deep underground mm-hmm. because of a world apocalypse, mm-hmm. right? And um, if I remember correctly, the robot friend that is with you that flies around. Uh, I think he put his human consciousness into the robot or something like that. And then you are tasked to go back up to the top with him. And you run into these weird, uh, kind of like dark, 
I guess, like, darkness creatures that chase you around and can kill you. They eat all living matter. Mm-hmm. And since you're a cat, you are a living matter. So that's why you see a bunch of robots in, like, trailers and things like that. Because they're not living, so... And some of these robots go through things like, what does it mean to be alive? And things hmm. like that. And uh, they have all these, like, little communes, uh, areas where they're just kind of, like, chilling. Yeah. But there's some that dare to venture outside the commune to go, like... Uh, higher up, I guess. And then you do escape, but something happens to your robot friend or something like that. I can't remember all the specifics. It's been a while. I mean, that sounds kind of interesting. I mean, we can keep it on here for now. I don't know if we we have to cut it immediately. Like, maybe when we get further down the list. But there's a dozen dozen other games I I think we should get through first. Uh, It's like top 15 top um, well i mean well you're cutting you're undercutting your own argument here uh no it's a it's a very short game and it's uh no but okay okay i'm just saying it wasn't my top but but what i'm saying though is that like i i see games that like bump it out of the top 10 so like why like can we like knock out all nine lives now (laughs) wow how many more cat keep on keep on more cat puns let's go yeah i mean i that 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 whole existential crisis thing kind of sounded interesting to me uh i'm okay if it stays up i guess this is where we comes to a vote though i guess like elena and james you guys played it do you want to cut it or have it stay for a bit I want what to about stay. you, James? You want it to stay? Yep. Okay. Let's. Okay. I'll I'll stay with uh, you. Okay. Let's let's have it stay for now. For now. Okay. Okay. Um. Okay. It's my turn. Um. I'm gonna talk just very briefly about AI, the Somnium Files, real quick. Uh. This was a sequel to the game from I think a couple years ago. It's an Uchiko Uchikoshi game. Um. Who he has done, I believe, like uh the 999 series of games and the first Somnium, Somnium Files game was one that I thought was good, not great. Um, but I thought the central mystery and the climax and, and how all of that wrapped up was really smart. So I was eager to return to that world. And the Nirvana Initiative is, uh, I think, a stronger game in a lot of ways. It's less pervy. It's It makes more sense um, like cognitively. The puzzle rooms that from the original game are actually way better and uh, make more um, logical and consistent sense. Um, and, and so it was a game I really enjoyed quite a bit. But that being said, it is kind of more of the same uh, of what you would expect. Um, and I don't think that necessarily disqualifies it. Again, I just, I I feel like there are, it's a, it's a good one of those. And there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, I, I don't know if it's top 10 material, but just thought it deserved a shout here. It's very, very good. Um, that first one is on, I think, Game Pass on Xbox and PC. So if you have that, definitely check it out. Um, it's it's very good. But yeah. That's uh, the Somnium Files. Mine is quick and easy. All right. Um, so, All right, so, James, it's back to James. you. Oh, man, already? Um, hmm. Wait, Chris, what was yours? 
I got blocked. He he tried to, <laughs> he, he he tried to kill Stray. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I got eight more bullets. Eight more bullets. We got wow. we got a wild damn game. Chris. Shit. <laughs> uh, James, what do okay. what do you got? Hmm. Looking at this list. You know what? Let's let's just Pokemon. If you will come one? to the front, please. Ooh, yeah, which one? Now. Which one? Let's go. Both foam? Wait, wait, wait. Oh, no. it, yeah, it has to be one. one. Yeah, yeah, has one. one. No, 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 no. Um, Violet Scarlet. Oh. We need to talk. Oh. We need no. To talk. No, 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 no. I'm okay no, with no. this discussion. <laughs> we, need to, we need to have a conversation. <laughs> okay, just because Game Freak cannot do graphics to save their fucking lives or even call up Nintendo's uh, Xenoblade or Monolith software to do like environmental shit. But it has a very good story and it's a lot of fun. I mean, so I, I'll, 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 I'll side with Elena on this. I'll, I'll say that this Pokemon like has like from like out of all of the mainline series games, this one has the one story that like i'm like okay i actually like like what they're doing here it doesn't feel like it's like a, a, a rinse and repeat even though it's somewhat the same formula it's still a little bit more of like a remix to that that like it it freshens it up a little bit so um besides like the the huge like graphical issues the technical issues uh, this this was this is this is what we wanted. This is next gen Pokemon. D- d- okay, this, despite wait, the inability to play the game, sometimes it's okay. <laughs> let me, let me. No, it's playable. No. It's playable. It's just sometimes online will kind of overload your Switch, and it'll just kind of like no. do a soft look, crash. Look. I never. I don't think I had a crash with mine. I think I only had um, just like some lagging stuff because of the online. So I just turn it off. The, the, Whenever I'm not the doing graphical it. issues, that's a character mm-hmm. trait. No, okay, J- okay James, is. you were about to say. For, uh, for... Sorry. Yeah, we, go ahead, James. Are, are we about to go? Are we about to invoke the Missigno as like a character trait now? Yeah, glitchy is not. No, no, James. I'm, I'm actually. You can't sit here. I'm. I'm sorry. I want to hear what, what you have to say about this because it sounds like you actually okay. have an argument that's counter to what they're saying. Um, and you might actually align with me. I was expecting to be alone on this, so I'm very curious what you have to say here. Okay, I understand that this was the first attempt at the the large open world Pokemon game that everybody's wanted since Pokemon was first a thing, right? But from what you just told me, Chris, was that they they didn't even change the formula. They remixed it slightly and still can't manage to put together a game that works out of the box. It's, it's the part I, I can't get behind giving this a game of the year nomination. Mm. I feel like if you're going to sit here and tell me I am a game of the year, then I'm a game that comes out and works the way it's supposed to with a formula that I've been working on for the last 20 years. Like, it should not be this difficult to put together a game that features a lot of different characters, a lot of different characters that can even possibly move very quickly. Like, looking at Smash Bros. How many characters are in that game? How much love and dedication have been put into each one of those characters? that that they all work they all run smoothly and and the game is fun to play at the same time this is a turn-based children's game i'm not asking for like for like 15 16 different custom animations per pokemon i'm asking for the game to to render itself properly Mm. 
I'm not asking for, for, for Nidoran to fit on the ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> like just small things like that. Yeah. I can't, I can't in good conscience say that that's a game of the year contender because it finally did some things people have been suggesting and implementing for years now in fan games. So, so based off of that, <laughs> if we eliminate Pokemon off of that, we can eliminate Saints Row. We can eliminate. We sure Overwatch. can. We can eliminate Overwatch Two. We can no, eliminate. We, we, wait, well, yeah, well, I hold agree. on, hold on, hold on. Let's talk about let's let's You're let's talk about Pokemon though, like because I I I, yeah, no, I, I, I I actually I actually completely I hundred and ten percent agree with everything James said. And James, I know you weren't on that episode that we just recorded uh, last week, but but that's that's what I tried to. Um, I think you put it better than I ever could. Like I, I it, it's really weird to me that, well, you know, I actually kind of get it. I, I understand like why people are attracted to Violet and Scarlet and why people say, hey, this is the game that I thought X and Y was going to be um, or Sword and Shield, maybe. Um, but it, it, for me, the game crashed like with relative frequency. Um, it made it somewhat unplayable for me, like to the point where it was like, well, I'm gonna, I'm just going to go play something else because the thing I just paid 50 or 60 bucks for like doesn't work um and it's not particularly a great looking game to begin with like it it's, doesn't look bad but it's not it's it's a victim of i think two things i think it's a victim of the hardware which isn't necessarily the game's fault but i no that's not true that's not true xenoblade 3 looks fucking immaculate xenoblade 1 looks fucking immaculate it's okay but let me looks yeah let me finish yeah. let me hold no, on so Atlanta, Atlanta, let me finish is, my let me, let me okay. finish my point so uh it's a victim of of weak hardware and it's also game freak game freak's inability to create a, an experience that is consistent has been demonstrably shown and we're talking about violent and scarlet and i want to keep like my talking point on that but when you look at the other stuff that they've done like this isn't exactly a surprise, but it's the biggest disappointment because the potential is there. You look at like what Chris was saying earlier about like, you know, in Atlanta about what, you know, they've the formula, they're remixing the formula or at least not making it about like a 10 year old leaving home and battling eight gyms. Like there's more to the game than that. But a lot of people can't even access that stuff or or get the full enjoyment out of it because the tech issues are holding it back. So I'm in agreement with what you're saying about like, it feels weird to give a top 10 nomination to a game that is fundamentally kind of broken in that sense. That's that's where I'm at. Sorry, Elena, go ahead. So I'll I disagree with your first one, but I totally agree with your second one that it is Game Freak's fault. It's not because of like the hardware itself because if monolith software can use it to a hundred percent and still make it look good i know that game freak can too but game freak's only like the company's only owned by nintendo for like 33 percent like nintendo doesn't even own game freak so um it's just game freak cannot they're still so far behind of where everyone else is that it's taken them forever like i've said like maybe a year or two ago that sword and shield was a prototype for their open world game and then we are up to this point so this is like iteration number one or two of that idea and hopefully they're still learning which they shouldn't they should already be past that but here we are what baffles me the Uh, most about about scarlet and violet is that the fact that Legends Arceus exists? 
Oh, that's a whole different and conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's like, a different conversation. But I, I just feel like it executed on the same idea better. Or maybe yes. on a smaller scale, but definitely better execution. I have, I have some my uh, or, I prefer Violet over Arceus just because of some uh, gameplay, uh issues I didn't like about Arceus but I do love the art style of Arceus but I do appreciate uh, Violet and Scarlet as well so right now it seems like everyone said at least a piece about it and I don't know if we're really going to come to a consensus on that right this moment do we want to just keep it on the list and return to it that seems like the best course of action right now is we just need to come back to this sure we can put it in the box okay yeah, because I mean, it seems like Chris and Alana, like you all, you two feel strongly like for it, and I think James and I feel strongly against. So it, it, that's not going to be an easy one to have. I think we should just table okay. it and then come back. That's fair enough. Okay, um, Alana, you're up next. Uh, I'm coming for Marvel Snap. What the fuck is this mobile game on here? <laughs> okay. Wow, <laughs> I put this one on here because. It's a mobile game that does not come after your wallet to, and in ways that like, oh, man, you're going to be so much better at this game if you buy this card stuff. It's strictly cosmetic. And that's like in the, the nicest way possible because it's just a card game. So this is a game that I could sit down and I can actually play and enjoy and get some real time out of without having to put down a single dollar. And I feel like that should be rewarded in this day and age. And the gameplay itself is actually fun. So that was enough for me. I know it's not going to make it to top what, 10, what are you? but I did want to shout Oh, sorry, out. James. Sorry. Oh, um, what are you doing? I've not played Marvel Snap at all. Like, What are you doing mm -hmm. in it? What, what is it? So it's kind of like um, it's like a three-zone card battler. Um, so as in every game is a really short round. It's like six or seven rounds. And as you play through each round, you gain more energy, and the higher your energy pool is, the different kind of uh, Marvel heroes you can summon. So, so like round one, you'll have somebody that costs either one point or zero points, like Quicksilver. Mm -hmm. You can play him for free on the first turn. So he's out. He takes care of. He takes up a space on one of your um, your zones, and it, his point total adds to your total points. So the objective really is to have the most points on at least two out of the three zones by the end of the game, and that's how you win. Hmm. Okay. And yeah, that does sound very mobile friendly, something that you can easily pick up, play on the go, um, runs well. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and of course it gets a bit more complicated than that because mm -hmm. you have like certain cards with different effects and um, certain different like ability costs. And so you can drain points from certain people mm -hmm. or you can swap around your opponent's cards and just fun stuff like that. Is, is there like a campaign mode or are you primarily battling other like AI or people or, or what? So that's the thing. It says that you're primarily battling, or you're you're battling a new like different people, but you can tell there are certain like AI matches designed to get you into the hang of games and understanding the mechanics. Mm -hmm. So it's a mixture of the two. Got it, got it. Um, I mean, do you feel? It seems like you're the only one who's played it. So do you feel strongly about it, keeping it around? Are you cool with cutting it? Like, what do you feel? I'm okay with cutting it, but it was one of those games I just felt like I need to shout out because we haven't been together in a while. Yeah, and I just wanted to like. Just shout out that game for not being a super predatory, monetization-heavy kind of game. Just a mobile game you can have, quick game, have some fun. Yeah. I played I played a little bit of it, too, and that's on my personal list. 
for the same reasons that James that you're saying that you know I like to commend uh, developers for you know creating a game that's fun and then also just not predatory because uh, they they could have easily gone that route of mm-hmm. of you know doing like different things to sort of like put it in the player's face to make them feel like they got to spend money but you don't not at all and like it's it's a game that like I. I like that because it's mobile. I could like I, 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 you can sort of like start playing and then like uh, like pretty much go come back to it later. Like you don't have to um, do it all at once. Put your life to it. Yeah. Wait, Chris, you said it was on your personal list. Is that like still a cut viable? Option? Yeah, it's a cut. It's a cut. Okay. It's a cut. Okay. All right, Chris, you're up next. All right. Um. Hmm. Uh, let's talk about Dying Light 2. Uh, so this is a game that I've played. I love Dying Light 1. Dying Light 1 I put in way, way more time than I, I, I expected to. Like I think I played it at launch, but then they went through like this revamp and like retooled the game. And then I, I did that update with you, Rod. We played co-op. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, got through the whole game, got through the DLC. Like It was a good time. Mm-hmm. Then there's Dying Light 2. Uh, <laughs> Dying Light 2, I feel like they... I feel like they had something right with Dying Light 1, and they really shouldn't have, like... like I think they they're, they're, it had, like, tuning issues for me. So mm. uh, playing through the game, my issue... Because I, I didn't finish it. Um, Dying Light 2, like, just the, the pacing of it mm-hmm. was just... It was uh, slower. And then just, like, the, the overall, like, power that you feel... Uh, in these type of games, like you're, it's a it's a zombie brawler. Like you're uh, making makeshift weapons and, and and fighting zombies with it. Uh, parkour system once again is still great. Like all that's cool, but I feel like the way it's uh, like your experience is gained in this game. Like it's it's it takes a while to feel powerful, and it didn't hook me. Mm. Yeah, I'm completely in agreement with you. Um, I, I th- you know the word that strikes me when it comes to Dying Light Two is overcompensation. Like that's 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 what it felt like this game was to me. I, I didn't think it was a bad game. It felt like just kind of too much, um, and not enough of what Dying Light One was. Just like you said, um, I played up until a little bit after you get the second map, um, which already like that first map could have been its own game on its own. Um, and you might some players might hear that and go, "Oh wow, that's great! They put two games in my in my one." And and me as a thirty year old person like i that does not sound like very appealing to me a lot of times like i i don't i, mean, I have to pick and choose the type of experiences like bloated experiences that i want to have and that that wasn't that wasn't it um and i do think that there are some interesting ideas like what is it the the paraglide or the hang glide uh, mechanic or whatever yeah paraglide. okay yeah like that was interesting kind of but it just kind of comes too late um in this in the narrative and by the time you're the game is really wanting you to implement it, I I I started bouncing off already. Um, yeah, I, I'm actually fine with cutting this. James, did you ever get to play this? I got to play a good portion of not a good portion. I played up until um, I think about to open up the second part of the city. I kind of did what you did. Mm-hmm. I had a really solid start. My like, yes, yeah, it's fun, but Chris also felt that that power like that lack of power mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's always been weird to me in games like this because it's like you picks up it's been years into this uh, this whole event you've obviously already picked up certain number of skills why do i feel so basic yeah 
Exactly. And it's like that progression wasn't satisfying because it was so sluggish. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it takes way too long to get even where you should be when you start the game. Um, Especially when the movement is the core part of exactly, the game. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I think we're good to cut Dying Light. Yep. Um, all right. It's all cool. You um, let's... Oh, you know what? Before we go... Yes. Off the dying light, too. If whatever we heard, whatever you guys just heard, sounds like it may be off putting to you, understand that. But I do got to give these developers credit. They are really good about going and supporting their mm-hmm. games. So there's a very high chance that by the time you hear this, there's already this kind of updates out that have fixed a lot of these bugs, if not within the next year or so. I, I see them updating this game to make it better. So it might be better by, now, by then. Yeah. Which is something they did with the first game. So mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Ali Ali World. Um, this might also be a brief one. Um, Ali Ali World is great. It's the third game of a, the Ali Ali series, I guess. Um, one and two kind of came out and were these really small games about um, skateboarding. And they had a, I would say, not much of an identity to them um, until World came out. Uh, earlier in 2022 and that came and had looked just like a banging soundtrack and it had a really like uh, adorable art style very distinctive as well like if you were just to go in a store and pick this up based on box art you would immediately know what it was um, and that was just something the franchise hadn't had before um it's, it's essentially th- that same gameplay so like you are in a 2d uh, plane uh, mostly, even though the backgrounds are 3D, you're controlling your character as if they are uh, 2D uh, and, uh, and and just performing tricks with the flick of your control stick and, and hopping with like, you know, one button. It's very extremely intuitive. Um, there are some mechanics that get introduced a little bit later. I didn't play like a... You know, I didn't play it to completion, uh, but it is one of the games I sort of mentioned earlier that I kind of chip away at very, very slowly uh, over time. And uh, it was just a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, you can customize your board. You, you have your own avatar, your own character. Um, and it's just super, it's just charming as hell. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. But I think we can go ahead and, and cut it here. I think primarily that's just because I didn't, I just didn't get to play it as much as I wanted to. Um, and I think that's why it's not sticking around. But hell of a game, though. Hell of a game. All right, James, back to you. Okay. How about? I actually don't know anything about Midnight Fight Express. So Ooh, okay. Please. All right. So, um, and this will be a quick one too. This is another one of the games that's going to be on my personal list. Um, I I think this I picked this up on Game Pass. It's essentially a your is this like it's like an isometric view. Um, it's like a beat 'em up. So think along the lines of like Hotline Miami, and uh, you're going through the story of. A character who uh, has like lost their memory and like they're fighting like some sort of like evil overlord in a city and like the cops are involved and it's, it's like a like think John Wick too so like it's a, uh, a John Wick slash Hotline Miami type game and it's just fun it was a fun arcade beat 'em up game um, there are some heavy there are a lot of heavy hitters on this list 
So mm-hmm. I, I, I know that it's not going to really stand up to some of them, but definitely check it out on Game Pass. Um, if it ends up getting take, taken off of Game Pass, because that happens sometimes, uh, I'd still think it's, a, it's, you know, it's worth a shout out uh, or it's worth looking into if you could catch it on a sale. This actually does look pretty fun. Now that I'm, I'm watching the videos you described. This, this does yeah. seem like up my alley. Like as, atmosphere wise, this seems like something I need to play. It yeah, also reminds it's... me of another game on this list. Oh wait, um, for, nah, I'm not gonna ask. But um, yeah, like I, I, I feel I wish I could like sort of like dive in more to like fight for this game. But um, I feel like I'm the only one that played it. Hey man, it if if you if you want to hold it, you can. But nah, it's, it's already an eliminated. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. All right, Elena, what are we looking at? Um. Let's see. Probably we are OFK. Mm, okay. You and I played this, I think. Yeah, we did. I didn't play the last episode, though. I forgot to. So, what'd you, what'd you think? Tell us your thoughts. Is this cutting? Is it staying? And why? I think it should go, even though it was very good. Some of the dialogue was really weird like some of their lingo was just like i don't understand what they're saying like half the time and that's not me being old because i work at a middle school so i know they're what they're saying and this is just kind of like made up lingo but they do have some good conversations and like uh even i think it's like episode two or three which i didn't know about this until that episode where there's like a uh kind of like a to contact like uh people that work in the video game business for like mental health or something yeah. like that i thought that was cool yeah but i don't know if it'll hang i do like the art style though. yeah I, I agree with you this is a really cool game i did play it to completion all five episodes um if you're not familiar this was the game that we've been seeing at some trade shows for the last few years um very similar to like a gorilla's style where like it's an animated uh motif uh, or I guess not motif. It's there. It's literally the band, and uh, and you're essentially playing what plays out to be about like a couple hour long episodes, like of a TV show, perhaps. Like you could say, um, it's very much set up like that, where they have like an intro and everything, like every at the beginning of every episode, and each episode ends with a essentially a music video that the band uh, creates. And it's usually thematically consistent with what has been happening, like in the episode. Uh, there was a, uh, uh, I think the whole experience was was good. I enjoyed my time playing it. I looked forward. It was a weekly release, so they, I think they dropped. Correct me if I'm wrong on this one, Elena. I think they dropped the first two episodes at once, and then they for the next yes. three weeks they dropped it at like you know Monday or Tuesday or something every week. Um, so it really was like a TV show in that way, and I was looking forward to it. Um, there was a standout episode. I think it was four where you spend a lot of time with um, one of the characters named Carter and they are non-binary, I believe. Um, And they have like, there was just a very affecting episode uh, because it really focused on their, their, um, their past. And, and they have some really great conversations um, with one of the other characters um, about that. Very much about like kind of young existential angst, uh, and I just appreciated 
them going for it in a game that, you know, is very, like Elena was saying, it's ultimately kind of silly and, and deals with certain trivial matters. Um, they do take some big swings emotionally. And I did appreciate that. I, I do, I don't think it hangs here on our top 10. Um, but yeah, a great, great call out um, for this game. And I think it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking at a video now. It looks pretty cool. All right. Chris, what you thinking? Oh, snap. It's already on me. Dang it. Um, Let's see. Let's go for blood. Why, why, do, you, why, do, why do you guys do <laughs> that? The fuck is <laughs> You want to have some? Let's talk about Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Oh, okay. That's not too bad. Um... Yeah, Modern <laughs> Warfare 2. Um, I'm going to assume I was the only one to play this, uh, but it's pretty damn good. Um, I really liked, I'm not, uh, I feel like I say this like every year this game shows up like on this, this discussion, but I'm not like the Call of Duty guy, uh, but I do... But you are at the same time. <laughs> but at the, at, at the guy, same, yeah. well, I'm a modern warfare guy. I'll say that. Um, I really think modern warfare is is very good. It's very. I think it's a special franchise, like in the sense that it's just a very polished experience. Um, and there's just no other first person shooter like it. That that just feels as tight and as satisfying um or there's very few out there like at least like mill mil sim anyway um and i mean that's true to, to me that this that holds up with the second one and, and i was really looking forward to it because again i was a huge fan of um the 2019 one i didn't really care for the 2020 or 2021 one i didn't play much of them um so diving back into the franchise was was exciting for me, and they tried some really interesting things. Um, I know a lot of people start rolling their eyes and like you know they 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 start glazing when I start talking about like you know oh check out all the new things that Call of Duty's done now. But um, the campaign has like crafting in it, like you're crafting weapons. Um, you are they has uh, vehicle combat. Like, not Battlefield style exactly, but, like, you know, you're shooting out of the windows, you're getting on top of the roofs. It's very, um, uh, I don't know, like, Matrix Reloaded-esque, like, highway scene. It, it felt very, like, blockbuster. It's, it's blockbuster in, like, the most silly way possible. We're like a fast movie, like Fast and Furious. Like, it's very much like that. Um, okay. And uh, one, of the, one of the things that they do, I mentioned crafting earlier. There's a scene... Uh, or sequence where you are stripped of your weapons completely and you are on the street pretty much like with a bunch of armed uh, enemies around you and you have no way like you can't take their weapons or anything like that um, or I think you can but it's like very limited ammo basically the game is incentivizing you to use stealth and while some players might find that frustrating on some level I actually found it really interesting um, I don't think it's something that works 100% but the fact that they managed to do this in their multi-billion dollar franchise that is meant to attract you know the most mainstream of mainstream player to just change it up on them like that in that instance was just it took some guts and uh, I thought that I just had to give it some credit based off of that alone, um, just to be tactical in that way. The entire game is more, uh, speaking of being tactical, the more, the, the more, or the whole game, I should say, is very much like a Rainbow Six sort of style. It's like those uh, devs, the uh, Infinity War devs c took um, 
uh, cues from from Rainbow Six and said, hey, what can we do to sort of slow our game down just a bit? It's not slow, but it's not as arcadey quick as the 2019 one was. Um, so when you pair that with what they've done with the multiplayer, which again is so snappy and so um, satisfying and smooth, much better experience than the, the Modern Warfare uh, 1 one was. And then uh, Warzone 2, same similar thing. They made a lot of smart changes, uh, of which they have actually reverted a bunch of them as of like this past week. Uh, but but uh, that's still, that maintains like, usually I have like one game that's like, my real life friend game um like the people like some of the people who like have been my friends for quite a while i'll go play something with them it's dealer's choice they're gonna always go to call of duty that's their thing and i'm only really playing this because of them but it's it's a good game in its own right like i am having fun while like socializing and i think that's an important thing as well um one other thing i wanted to to talk about before we we cut it completely because we we will cut this game um is that there are raids now in call of duty in fact i think i talked to chris a little bit about this already but uh there are raids in the style of destiny in call of duty and what i mean by that is that yes no bullshit it is absolutely a destiny raid you take a fire team of um of three people well first you have to get what's called a raid assignment which means that you have to, I think, do something very specific in multiplayer. It might be like win a game or something under a certain condition or like get top 10 or 15 in Warzone and you get a raid assignment. When you get a raid assignment, you can take in two of your other buddies, so three of you uh, total, into what they call uh, the raid. And uh, there are multiple episodes in this that there will be. There's only one right now. But when you go in there, it starts kind of like a regular Call of Duty level, sort of a shooting gallery. And you're like, okay, well, you know, this isn't much different than their other spec ops or co-op missions. But then once you clear out the room, there's a puzzle. But the game does not tell you how to solve a puzzle. It's like two CCTVs and um, you have to try to like, it's clear that you have to try to open this door using like... uh, these TVs, so you put two of your partners on two on the TVs, and then the one of the the extra person uh, has to input or punch in like a code, and you have to use voice communication in order to like find the codes on the TVs in order to relay that back to the person punching in the codes, um, and it is impossible to do it with less than three people. It's impossible to do it without uh, voice chat. And I was so blown away that this was like, I couldn't even believe I was playing Call of Duty at that point. I was like, what the actual fuck is happening at this point? Um, there's a there's one other standout sequence too where you have to dive underwater. So that's one of the new features of the of Modern Warfare 2 is that there's underwater combat and, and mechanics. And there's one air tank and all three of you have to go through an extended sequence of uh, underwater caverns and caves and pass the oxygen tank between each other so that none of you drown. And you have to do it kind of in unison and on a cycle so that none of you drown. And just cue comedy at that point. Um, it's just it's just fucking hilarious and it's brilliant. And we needed this like yesterday. It's so much fun. Um, and I think honestly something I would like to do with like you James and Chris at some point perhaps in the far future like it's just a hell of a lot of fun 
Um, I mean, yeah, we're going to cut it, but I just wanted to like mention that because it was so unique. And I know a lot of people have preconceptions about Call of Duty just in general, but just know that like they're actually doing some really cool shit over there right now. I'll see if I can catch it on the sale. I'm about to say, that's pleasing to hear. Yeah. You got, you got me at Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, James. How about you? Oof. Okay. Um. You know what? How about Mario and Rabbids? Mm. Oh man, yeah, Mario and Rabbids. I this might be I can't say surprise of the year cuz I actually had a number of those, but this is a game that kind of exceeded my expectations for it. Um like I was a big fan of the first game and Sparks of Hope is so much more than just more of the same. Like you would expect them to go and just kind of make more Mario and Rabbids, um, but the dev team really went out of their way to sort of overhaul um, a lot of their systems. Like even the way that movement works now is um, completely different than it was in that first game. For instance, you um, use your characters to uh, to jump on you know each other to give each other like um, more like more movement ability to like travel across the map to otherwise inaccessible areas that they might not be able to, particularly if like maybe their movement uh, is low since it's a tactical, you know, RPG in the skin, the vein of like an XCOM or, or something. Um, and they added more characters, more abilities for those characters. And I believe an extra like super slot. Like I think each character has, um, like a new uh, special ability that they have that they did not have before. I think some carried over, like Mario, for instance, can hit twice um, if someone is in like their line of sight. I think I think that might have been in the first one, but like the way that it's implemented in this one is just is is really cool. Um, this the story is is not like anything to write home about exactly, but it's a lot of fun and it, it maintains its charm. Um, you know, this, this weird fusion of, of Mario, but guns and rabbits, like it sounds so fucking bizarre. It sounds like a fever dream, but sometimes somehow it just like, I think kills it on all cylinders and it looks really good too. Um, we were just talking earlier about, you know, games that maybe didn't look great on switch. Um, this one I think manages to, look great and i think a lot of that is due to the art style that it uses as well um so i i it's got a lot of side missions too to keep you busy um plenty of content this game could probably keep you busy for like 30 hours if you wanted to do everything i found it really satisfying um i'd like to see it stick around for just a little bit longer maybe it gets cut in a bit but i i don't know i i really liked it a lot I wouldn't be mad about this game being on the list because I've heard good things about it. And I like mm -hmm. the first one. Yeah. Same. I just hadn't gotten to it yet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right, Atlanta. All right. <sighs> um. You know what? Let's just talk about it. Overwatch 2. Yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Oh, boy. Ugh. I had so many fucking issues on launch that my main account didn't work, 
but my alt account did whenever trying to log in. Yeah, day one of this game was miserable completely. I would say week yeah, you're right. one. It still had yeah. it had so many issues. You're right. Like it was actually the first the first couple of weeks because I remember hearing you guys have issues about it, and I was like, I don't have like the mental capacity to be disappointed like this, so I'm not even gonna attempt to download it. Like I didn't I didn't even touch the game until like a month into it. Yeah, that's really weird that you guys had so many issues because I remember it was relatively easy after that first time trying to get it. Oh wow, yeah, no, I I don't think I even could play it for like two or three days. Support main baby. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't. no, it wasn't even that. It was just like signing in. Yeah, I can't even get. Making sure you had all your cosmetics mm-hmm. and things like that carried over. It was just a hot, hot. Yeah, that was just that first shit day for show me. mess. I that. I I'm gonna be honest. I for me, I don't know how you all feel, but this is the this is the game on this list that I feel the most conflicted about. Like I can see a world where it makes a top ten. But I can also very clearly see a world where it does not. Um, and I think... I was like, yeah. I was like what timeline are you trying to live in? Now? Yeah. <laughs> I, man. That it had a smooth launch? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I wanted to... That's, that's, that's why I wanted to have this discussion. I think it's a good place to have it. Because I think if, if it gets in, I think it is purely and solely off the strength of the gameplay. Which I think is, I, I think, peak. Peak Overwatch, in my opinion. Like, I think all of the changes to the gameplay have been smart. Um, the 5v5, the push mode, I, re- I really like push. I know there's some divisive player feedback as time has gone on on it, but I ha- I really like it. Um, all of the stuff that they've done with new voice lines, um, the new looks for the characters. I mean, the game looks immaculate uh, with the new engine or upgraded engine. Um, you know, all of that stuff is great. Like, it's I have zero complaints about any of it. But where it falls short for me is not even just the launch stuff, although that is miserable and I don't think should totally be discounted. Um, but it's the monetization. It's it's everything. It's everything else that around that core gameplay loop that has been such a fucking bummer that it it's like I I can't I can't outright yeah like it sucks. I can't outright endorse that either. And it is a part of the game. Like it's not something we could just like say it just ignore right. Like it's. It's it's a it's a part of the DNA. I don't know. Well, Elaine, I would like to hear from you about this, but um, or all of you. I mean, all of you have played the game, but um, for me, my need to keep going is just just because I like that gameplay loop and not because of I'm earning anything because I'm not. And with Overwatch One. I've always felt the push to do that through loot boxes. And I'm not endorsing loot boxes either. I mean, that's its own brand of evil. But I don't think that the way that they're doing it now is the way. Yeah, I mean, I think this is going to be one of those games that um, over time with, like, updates that they're doing is the game is just going to, like, improve. But the time that we've had with it, in 2022 like like you said like the like the core gameplay the new characters the new modes like great times like once we got through the the launch issues you know i had fun with the game like i i think they don't call it prestiging but like i i think the season one like i i played enough on the battle pass where like you start earning like those titles uh so yeah so like i i have some i put in some time on the game but um just like on the scope of like top 10 uh i feel like the issues really brought it down but not saying that it's not a bad game it's still a game that i still try to put people on 
Um, I don't, I don't know. I feel like we could cut it. James. I mean, if y'all are down with cutting Overwatch too, there's nothing I have to say. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Like I'll still play the game until the servers die or whatever. But because I do enjoy playing the game, I do enjoy like the whole gameplay style. I do like it. It's just I don't like the way that they their monetization is just fucking awful. Like twenty six dollars for the new Hanzo skin. And really? no way to earn that in the game by playing the game. That's my thing, is that, like, it is real money or fucking bust. And I, I understand the model, but when you look at, I mean, we just talked about Call of Duty. Like, that's a battle pass where you earn premium credits in the pass itself. So when you're doing that, it's, like, at least, I think, 1,000 or 1,400 credits or whatever, and a battle pass is 1,000. So it's like, okay, I can make the choice to either purchase another battle pass and go through that whole thing again, or I can just save up, you know, these credits to actually buy a skin that I'm going to want. And that sort of, like, that sort of... And I think even Fortnite does that too. I think they are the ones that kind of started that, where uh, you earn enough credits to buy the next. Most season. most free to play games are following that model, and the fact that Overwatch Two is not is baffling to me. Um, and I want people to understand that like Overwatch One is one of my favorite games of all time. It was my game of the year when it came out back in 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it dearly. I have no. I don't think I've played a game in my life more than I've played Overwatch. So the fact that like I'm sitting here right now contemplating whether or not to cut its sequel, a game that I should just be predisposed to love, and I am not loving it like that, or at least I can't in good conscience, like, place it on a top 10. Like, I'm going to play Overwatch 2. Like, I'm going to continue playing it because I like the game. When I look at a list, can I see it beating 10? Do I want to get into a tussle with, like, 10 other games on this list with Overwatch 2 and it's taking up a slot? I don't know if I want to take that fight, like, to be honest. And that, sa- that says no. a lot, so. But we still have, theoretically, this year to put it back on the list whenever the single-player mode comes out, so. Because that's why Overwatch 2 got released last year, is because the multiplayer was ready to go, but the single-player wasn't, because... They have so many fucking issues internally. Yeah, ready. I feel like that adds a whole new like layer of question to this list. Do expansions count? Uh, I mean, it's a whole new game. Like they have so many new mechanics in that part. Yeah, like they had to modify we'll, we'll, it. We'll we'll, ta- we'll have to tackle that another time. But I do know that Overwatch Two, as it is, should probably be cut. Yes, I agree. All right there it is. Crit. Which I already cut it before we started. Well. Good job, good job. On the ball. Uh, Chris, what you got? All right. Let's talk about Horizon Forbidden West. Damn, two yeah. bangers back to back. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Two fucking bangers. Yes. Yeah, let's talk about it. All right. Who wants to start? Who wants to start us with, with Forbidden West? <laughs> I want to know why you're laughing. <laughs> <laughs> How bad could this possibly be? Um, I mean, I can start. I don't want to... Okay. Yeah, I'll start. Sure. Um, I think Horizon Forbidden West is how you don't do a sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, I Ooh, think... I, like I, I think I think that... I, I like... I'll start by saying I, I actually loved Horizon 
what zero dawn i guess um yep. yes. like i really love that game um but that game to me was over when those credits rolled uh forbidden west yes. feels like it is it a 70 hour epilogue that i didn't really need um and it felt like bloat it felt like ubisoft bloat for the sake of bloat um for me it's a game that looks great looks stunning but by our like 20 i was pretty i was pretty done i was pretty done with the game i think its pitfalls involve combat specifically there's way too fucking much loot in that game and there's way too much like there's way too much um like mixing and matching with like all of the arrow types and trying to keep up with like the different plates and it's just like what it's like the extreme version we haven't gotten to ragnarok yet but like it's like the extreme version <laughs> of what that game does because that game kind of gives you loot and it's like you know i don't really give a fuck what you do with it really but horizon it kind of does matter you know what you're doing and the, there's great ui improvements from the first game awesome but i still don't want to fucking manage all of this pointless ass loot and that's what i felt like i was doing the entire game and it just didn't it wasn't compelling to me it wasn't like that i wasn't having fun doing that piece of it i was having fun with the side quests like the side quests are are fine and a lot of them i like quite a bit but i don't think they had a main narrative strong enough to sustain like what the story that they were trying to tell and it just felt very much like to me they didn't know that either. Like after the whole Zero Dawn project, which to me was like most of the interesting story stuff in the Horizon universe, that's all over. Um, now we're on to the Zeniths, which starts very interesting. Um, but there's not, it becomes a sort of MacGuffin quest where you are trying to find like things to help fight them rather than like discover, you know what it felt like kind of Mass Effect 2, but like not in the good way. Um, cause like Mass Effect 2 was not about like, you know, it wasn't like Mass Effect 1 where there's like a linear story path. It's like you are kind of having, it's just Mass Effect 2 is a side quest game, basically. Like all of the people that you're picking up over time, like that's the narrative. That's the story. And Horizon Forbidden West kind of felt like that to me. I thought it went balls to the walls kind of crazy at the very end. You made it to I'm the like, end? I'm like, what the... F what? You made it to the end? Did you not? No. Oh. I very much echo Roddy's sentiments about the exhaustion of that game. Um, I remember sitting in home base talking to the uh, the artificial intelligence, and she was just talking about Gaia? something. Gaia? Yes, about Gaia. And she was just talking about something. And there was a point where I was like, you know what, Gaia? This is all well and good, but I've heard far too much. <laughs> I've had enough. And this had not gone back. Again, Game is not bad. Game is beautiful. The side quests are awesome. Like um, the one where you find the uh, the group of people that worship the um, that air team. That was a really cool quest. I really like how they did how they handled that. But the air team. There were there were like um fighter pilots or something. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah the fighter pilots. Yeah. That was really good. Cool story. Great way to like tie back into that same lore that you gotta like in Zero Dawn, but there's just so much of it that you can't enjoy the flavors. If that makes any sense. Yes, one hundred percent, it makes sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think the game is just, it's just excessive. Like for me, 
And, and I know a lot of people, like you said, James, I want to echo that too. Like, it's not, it's not a bad game. And I played it for 60 hours. Like, it's not a bad game. But there was a point where I just kind of wanted to see the parts that I did like. And I was really not enjoying slogging through all the shit that I did not like. And it made me almost borderline resentful of the game, almost in like a days gone sort of way. Um, oh no! Yeah, not as not not <laughs> as bad as that, but you know, because I think the game sort of peaks early. Like I think it peaks at that dead uh, or death's door mission, which is very yeah. early on. Great mission and a great mm-hmm. way to kick off that whole um, that whole main narrative with like the the introduction of the Zenith. Like all that stuff was great. I was like locked in at that point, but as things just keep going on. They're going on and on and on and on. Um, Chris, we haven't heard from you yet. What, what are you thinking? Oh, I mean, I, I echo everything that you guys are saying. This this I feel like Horizon, for me, has always been a franchise that just timing-wise, um, it, 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 it comes out. franchise. Well, it, it comes out at times where, like, I don't know, I feel like I'm either burnt out of games that take up a lot of time. So by the time it comes out, I try it, I play it. I just get burnt out way too quickly because I've either come off of a game that's like similar to it or just like you guys have already said, sort of like it's like a bloated experience. Um, I do want to shout out, you know, how um, the amount of detail that they put into the game, like the game looks beautiful, runs beautifully. Um, the amount of like just like the when I say like the detail, like how they've sort of researched how different tribes were sort of would have came up in certain areas. And like, uh, I don't know, it feels like a very like lived in world. Which, yeah, they did improve the facial features too. Exactly. So I, I, you know, I give it all. Like we, I think we've all said that like the, the game isn't a bad game. It's just that it's just it's too much. So, um, yeah, like I, I don't like even like even if there's like another game to come out, like I'm not gonna really run to pick it up. Yeah, like towards the like after the very end, I was just like, oh, there's another big bag. Like, it has to be even bigger and badder. And these cavemen have to ooga-booga, like, hit hit it with rocks until it dies type of thing. That that should just be the plot in Horizon 3. (laughs) (laughs) They they de-evolution. Yeah, Horizon (laughs) ooga-booga. All right. Sounds like we're cutting this thing. Yes. Cool. Um, Technically good, but story-wise, a mediocre seven. Yeah. Uh, Elena, that was yours, right? That was your pick. Mm-mm. Nope. That was mine. Oh, it was yours? Oh shit! Chris, Chris is coming for blood. Damn, right? that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, let me go for Hard Space Shipbreaker. Am I the only one to play this? I downloaded it. You downloaded it? Okay. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, that's more. That's All more right. than you did for uh, <laughs> Super Mario Galaxy. So it's okay. Um, so <laughs> damn. <laughs> Wait, Chris, you still play Galaxy? Uh, nope. This man is never gonna play Galaxy unless I'm like at his house, like shoving the Switch in his cart, going like, "Play, God damn it!" Um, Probably. Not. Anyway. No, you got time up and then make play. <laughs> uh, Space Shipbreaker is a really fucking cool game. Um, it starts with I haven't played a lot of it, so I, I don't ultimately think it will stay here. Um, but I, I I think it's worthy of being talked about uh, for contention only because. Uh, it is such a unique vibe. Like it is, um, you start the game with like like opening a uh, terms and conditions document. It's a fictional one uh, because your character is is um, it's a first person. Your character is signing up to be a 
a ship breaker, um, which is exactly what it sounds like. You uh, are in space or in Earth's orbit or close to it, um, breaking down cargo vessels and ship transports. It takes place in the far future um, and like on a space rig. And there are other ship breakers there who kind of talk to you, um, tell you stories about like, you know, their past and their life um, and help you along the job. Um, you are like $2.5 billion in debt or something like that. Um, as you, oh. as usually you are, if you choose to become a ship breaker, you, that's just the debt that you accrue. Um because there are things that the game does, like it, um, it tells you that you know there's they make clones of you. So if you die in space, they've got your DNA, and you can come back and have like all of your memories and all that stuff intact, essentially, and all that costs money. Um, so it's it's very much like late stage, like commentary on late stage capitalism. You're probably gonna hear me say that phrase on a few of these games here, um, but it very much is about that and 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 what the uh, industrialization uh, or what rampant industrialization does um, to its people. Um, and I thought that was very poignant with just the way that the game started. Um, the actual mechanics of the game are, uh, it starts you with a grapple and a cutter. Um, so a grapple, of course, you dispose of materials like these, these um, of these ships uh, inside of a furnace or inside of I don't know what the what the actual function is called, but um, you you dispose of like neo carbon in, in like another thing that's not fire, and uh, and you get credits for it. And the thing is, you have to do it right, and you have a little like a uh, like a, a laser cutter to help you. And if you you don't want to just recklessly cut things because the scrap is only valuable, it's only valuable if like you are. Um, cutting in certain ways and not damaging the, the scrap beyond like all recognition. So you want to kind of do it uh, pretty, pretty well, um, essentially. And the music is, is like this almost bluegrass sort of um, like cowboy bebop sort of thing where it's like, it's like country, but like, but, but jazzy almost not jazzy, but like, it just, it fits, it fit, it fits the, like, it's like you're a, like a space, like ah, blue collar worker, I guess. Like, like it's it's really really cool. Um, the whole game is 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 neat, and I've never played anything like it. So I wanted to shout it out here. Um, I think it's worth a look if it sounds like something that like you know if you're looking for something completely unique. Like this is, it's it's oddly relaxing to like break these ships apart uh, and start your shifts and and just. Uh, I don't know, earn money for it and like kind of learn more shit about the space station. It's, it's just really, really neat. Uh, we could go ahead and cut it. I didn't play enough of it to keep it on here, but super cool. All right. All right. James, what we got? Hmm. Okay. Um, let's talk. Oh, man, this is tough. I know we're getting down to it. How about? I spy a couple games that uh. Could you got one? Huh? Take a shot. Take uh, a shot. Give me time. Saints Row. Oh yeah. Okay. Um. So I played Saints Row. <laughs> I did too. Almost, almost finished it, but got. No, no. Actually, I think I finished the game. Yeah, you you able to finish it? Yeah, I was able to finish it. Yeah. Oh, good for you. 
<laughs> I um I took a break on Saints Row. I I I was playing since launch, so I went through all of the fun little bugs and and glitches that came along with it. I waited for that update, downloaded the update, and realized performance was worse. So I just put it on the back burner. <laughs> yeah. So this Chris, this is, you this, this is one of those games that um on paper. I was really excited about it was like, all right, cool. We're getting like a, a, a next gen saints row. Okay. Wait, they're rebooting the franchise. Okay. Let's see what they do with this. Wait, this game is like, it. it's, I feel like it's so hollow of an experience of what saints row used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's, this was definitely one of those like disappointments of 2022 for sure. Uh, cause I'm, I'm a fan of saints row. I like, I like the franchise. I, I like the humor, but this game wasn't even funny. Like it had moments that I I chuckled. I was like, okay, like, but at the end of the day, like it just it just I don't know. It sort of lost uh, the the Saints the, the the soul of Saints Row, which is is a wild soul. It's a, it's a fiery soul. It's a mm-hmm. uh, uh, a soul that like just can't be contained. I feel like got contained and was it a uh, Dark Souls? Oh, go lord. <laughs> no, it was not a Dark Souls. <laughs> Unfortunately but, not. But yeah, no, like it just it it lost the essence of what Saints Row, you know, used to be. Yeah, it's really weird. It's it's like it's it tries to do the same thing Saints Row has done in the past. And but at the same kind of ground it. So like think about it like going from Fast and the Furious like four going to like eight. And then trying to pull it back down to be about like illegal street racing that happens on the weekends. <laughs> but the rock is still there for some reason, and there's still tanks. It just it doesn't fit. It's really weird. I don't know how you managed to fumble this this badly. Yeah. So easy, easy cut. Um, I think we, we we sort of put it on this list. Just to, you know what? You know what we said about like at the beginning of the show about hey, all these games are games you should check out. We mm-hmm. lied. We we lied to you guys. Um, Got to keep you on your toes. Yeah, this is a game you really could like just stay away from. Which hurts, because I'm a fan of the franchise. But yeah, yeah don't do that. All right. Um, who's Elena. next? Elena, what you got? I'm going to go for the other Pokemon game, Legends of Arceus. Oh, so no Pokemon's hitting top 10 this year. That's tough. That's tough because, like, I feel like I I enjoyed Arceus a little bit more than I did uh, Violet and Scarlet. That's solely really. I have the opposite no, reaction. No, exactly, because I feel like that's as solely because like the catching Pokemon and like that whole aspect of it, it really scratched like an itch that I needed in my Pokemon games. Mm-hmm. Um, God, I hated that part. I just wanted to be catch it and be done, mm. not have to catch 30 of them the th- or 60 so, of them. The thing was, I did the not like of, that. So the aspect of actually just catching the Pokemon was was more, like, it was different. Like, like this is the only Pokemon game where you could just walk up to a Pokemon, throw a Pokeball, and catch it. Yeah, so, okay, so there on, are on that- some gameplay things I do like about Arceus, but mm-hmm. I did not like some of the other stuff. But I'm surprised that that didn't make it over to Scholar of Violet, which I guess um, they probably had like very similar development times to where they didn't, I guess the teams didn't like 
combine the two. Maybe in the next one they might. But I was kind of surprised that didn't make it over. But I really did like art, uh, Legends uh, art style. Yeah so, the, yeah, so I like the art style. I didn't. I don't think this game really had like it, like the launch issues that Scarlet and no, Violet had. No, it did not. So, nope. so the, you know, the just the overall just the experience was much smoother. And I feel like I don't. I don't know. This was the this is the Pokemon game that I wish that Scarlet and Violet was, but they sort of like put it off onto his own like uh, lane. So like I feel like the Legends series might be like its own thing because like there there are rumors about them working on another one but i don't know where that's gonna go um but yeah i mean at the end of the day i feel like that could that could be something that we could cut because i feel like i'm the only one out of all of us that really liked it so it wouldn't really make sense keeping it on the list i thought james said he liked it yeah i'm down to keep rcs oh okay if we're keep if we're keeping Violet and Scarlet, we got to keep Arceus. Okay. Look, we found number eight and number or sorry, number nine and number ten. Oh no 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 no! We are not, bro. I'm telling you right now. Let's let's keep going. <laughs> look, look, keep keep Arceus, but I will I will cut one of those motherfucking games. Like we are not having two Pokemon games on the top ten. There's just no fucking way that happens. I feel I feel like based based off of the stance that more of us are going for Arceus. Because I feel like it was split. So with, this, with, yeah. No, but I really love Violet. I really do. But <laughs> I'm willing to cut both of them right here, right this, now. Oh shit! Yeah, I'm on that train. I'm on that train. But but I, I will say this. I will say this. I think I thought a lot about this in the last week or so. But Arceus to me is the more interesting game out of the two. But I really didn't. But I hopped off of Arceus quicker than I hopped off of Violet. So, I mean, for me, there are certain feelings that I've gotten from this game that I haven't gotten in other Pokemon games. So, like, the fear of, holy shit, this Rapidash is, mm -hmm. like, four times the size as my character, and he's chasing me, and he's going to kill me, and he killed me. Mm -hmm. Like, that, that like, span, like, just throughout the whole game of, like, going after, like, the alpha Pokemon and everything, like, it's it's something that, like, it was a good, it was a good shakeup. It was the, engaging. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm 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 all for keeping this over Violet and Scarlet. Like I I I'd say let's. We could just keep it for now. We could we could keep it for now too. We we could keep both for now and then cut one later or cut both later. That's okay. fine too. Um, right. it's on me. Yeah, it is. All right, Gotham Knights. Let's just take this thing out. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, and look and look and this is coming and this is coming from someone that that like really enjoyed the Arkham games. Like standing from where, like from where I'm sitting, like I have the collector's edition for Arkham City, Arkham Asylum, um, Art that was Arkham Knight got canceled. Like I was pissed about that one, but like I'm a huge fan of this of, of just like the, these Batman, these Warner Brother games. This mm -hmm. felt so much of like a cash grab, like like the whole live service. Hey, let's just make a live service game like that. Like you, like developers, like actually no, fuck that publishers. No one wants to play that. Like we're tired of it. Like this, this I think live service games, if not done right, if it's like a soulless cash grab, we, mm -hmm. we're seeing it now. We're seeing all these games being shut down. There it is. Talk so it's this. It's this. This is something that could stay in twenty twenty two. I'm surprised it just made the list. I, I want to hear why you 
you put it on here. Who me? Wasn't me. Someone did, not me. Yeah, it wasn't it me. It was I. I, I'll, I'll take blame. Yeah, I mean, I, and I, I'm, I'm not even being facetious. Like, I genuinely want to hear like the time that you had with it. Okay, so yeah, but Gotham Knights was something that I went into the game unsure of what I was gonna get, and like I, I sit here and I say that there are a lot of fun ideas here. But the execution just it doesn't feel like it knows what it wants to be, which is kind of fitting for the story of having to follow in the Batman's footsteps. It like that the narrative plays, but it's like, why am I level gated? Why is there a gear system? Why does my bat cycle feel slower than gliding? Like every like it took all the fun out of being Batman. And I don't understand how how we got here. Mm. But I just had to shout it out for trying to live up to the Arkham series because that's hard. And I get it. But uh, yeah, we can do better. Yeah, we can cut that one. Okay. All right. Um, so for me, I'm going to go with Tunic. Um, this is actually... This is the game I think I feel the worst about cutting because I think if I had played, like... I think if I had finished this game or played just more of it in general, I would be fighting like hell to keep it. It's fantastic. I'm, I'm with you. Really? I'm okay. With you with this because because Tunic was a game that I sometimes I hate when games sort of throw you in there and not explain anything, but mm -hmm. I feel like that added to the charm. Of yes, one hundred percent. I didn't actually know that you played this, Chrissy. I'm glad I put it on here now. Um, mm -hmm. Like it, it, there's something so engaging about like the way that this game deploys like player agency like how it it tells the player what to do without telling them what to do um using the concept of the manual in the game with the, the, a language that is indecipherable um and you just have to use context clues to just try shit out like that's what people did back you know in the NES days you know in before um with you know this game has always been likened to Legend of Zelda um, and it is somewhat like that, but I, I don't want to make the comparison too hard because I, th I do think it like has its own identity beyond that. But, um, but yeah, I, I think that this thing is, is so intelligent. Like it's definitely one of the smartest games I have ever played period. Um, and one that I think is bound to frustrate a lot of players who don't have the, um, patience to to kind of deal with that and i get it because a lot of games just aren't structured in that way but for for me like in a number of other people out there like that is kind of the rewarding part of it like i love just pressing shit and sh just seeing if things are going to work um and and tunic just makes that very very rewarding and wrapped up in an art style that i just never got tired of um chris do you have anything else that you wanted to add to this I mean, I mean, I, I'm in the same boat that you're in, where like I so I really wish I took more time playing this game, because um, I, I I enjoyed my time. Like it really, it gives you like that Legend of Zelda, like, uh, like what was it like um not Link's Awakening, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that top down yeah uh, uh feeling, um, that's tough. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I hate it. I, I hate yeah. cutting this, but like I just I just didn't play enough of it to like confidently defend it like I should. So mm-hmm. you really have yeah. ten other games you'd rather put ahead of that? If I had finished it, yeah, probably. Yeah. But but as of now, where I ended, it's like ah, I can't, I can't in good in good conscience. But it fucking hurts. Like I think this is gonna be the cut that hurts me the deepest out of everything. Yeah. Um, but I think it has to be done. All right. Let's see. Um, James, back up mm. to you. you okay. Got? Let's do. Hmm. Nobody saves the world. Oh, wait, we're cutting this or are we talking about it? Let's talk about <laughs> it. Let's talk about it. Let's just talk about it. Let's see it. if we can save the game. Okay. So, um, wait, so let me ask. Did anyone else play this game? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so James, this is just me and you. Okay, cool. So, okay. what, so this was, this game came out like early, really early last year, and mm-hmm. it really surprised me. It came out of nowhere. Um, it's an action, well, I guess like an adventure game, um, where you're playing as a character who like throughout like adventuring, like he, like, while you're like leveling up like different characters, you could then morph and transform into other characters, which, mm-hmm. uh, all these characters have like different abilities that they could use in world, but then you could then take some of those abilities and map it so that other characters could use it. So like as you master a character class, you yeah. can take certain abilities with you. So the game gets really deep, and um, I, I really enjoyed my time with this game. I did, too. I just wanted to see what else had to say about it. Um, yeah, this was, like, super early, maybe, like, January, I think. But just a really fun, inventive, kind of has that top-down Zelda um, scratches that itch you were looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Where, like, you come to a certain location, you're like, yo, I can't quite do this yet. If I come back with a different ability... Or maybe even different characters talk to you different kind of ways, depending on, like, what form you're in. Super fun, really inventive. I think it's just, like, one of the greatest surprises of this year. Yeah, like, I, um, yeah, this is, this is staying on the list. Okay. For sure. Cool. That was mine. All right. Any opposed? Mm Mm-mm. I think there's some stuff on here I'd, I'd... I think we need to talk about before cutting that. Okay. All right, Elena. Um, Evil West. What is that? Ooh, Evil West. Another one of those. Um, I, this was like a was this Devolver Digital? One I think of so. Games they launched this year. Mm-hmm. This is another one of those video game ass video games. <laughs> Love earlier. it. So this this game takes you back to like like a PlayStation Two era style of game where like you're you're thrown down the corridor you're you're in the room of enemies you're tasked with defeating them and you just kind of just go at it with your your uh, revolver with your electric gauntlet everything's cowboy themed and vampire themed and it's kind of just this real pulpy B movie classic like just beat em up action game and it was just something that was really refreshing in a year full of like those huge triple a disappointments that we've alluded to already and others like it so i just i don't know if it'll make top 10 but this game was just a lot of fun just classic video game turn your brain off 
have a good time fun. Mm. Did anyone else play this? No, I was interested, but I did not get a chance to get to it. Dang, because, yeah. Like, I'm looking at uh, some gameplay of it now, and this is a game that, like, you, you know, definitely came up during, like, trade shows, but completely, like, once it came out, I think other games came out around the same time, so I was just sidetracked. Mm-hmm. But this is something that's um, it's definitely on my list. Like, it's, I guess the better way, the best way to describe it is kind of like the Devil May Cry mentality, but almost with that God of War 2018 combat. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So what are you thinking, James? Like, is it powerful enough to stay on, or, or are you comfortable cutting? I'm comfortable cutting just because I know a lot of us don't, like, we don't, don't have that same um, time with the game. Mm-hmm. But my, on my personal, for sure, Evil West can stay on there. Okay. And this is my wish list. Cool, cool. Um, and then Chris. Let's see. All right. Um, oh, you wait. You, wait I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Chris. You said cut James or or keep. We can cut. Oh, him. okay, okay. I got it, Chris. Go ahead. Uh, let's, let's talk about why Sonic Frontiers is still on this list. <laughs> yeah, Chris, why is Sonic Frontiers on this list? You want to know why? Uh, let's, why? let's talk about these these boss battles, these boss fights. Um, by far, I think this this Sonic Frontiers, uh, like like besides all the memes and like whatever happened at the Game Awards, um, I think this game sort of shows like the direction that Sonic is going in, which is a good direction. Um, I like that. Uh, like writing wise, like the game is like the the Sonic team is self aware of like the tropes that Sonic games have now, and they sort of lean into that a little bit. Um, I didn't finish this a hundred percent. Not even hundred, not even hundred percent. I I I stopped. I think maybe like on the third island because at that point it started getting repetitive. So that's where it sort of fell off for me. Um. But there's certain things that you can sort of do to like so like for me I I'm enjoying the story I'm enjoying like the boss fights and just the the I guess like the 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 itch that gets scratched when you're like in an open world and you're just sort of like collecting things because that game like this this game does that well like you're playing a Sonic in this open island you're running around collecting rings fighting enemies um, doing like these like shrines which are essentially like snippets of like sonic games but like just sort of remixed a little bit mm-hmm. um and that just gets repetitive because uh, that's basically the game is you having to do those shrines to get keys to get the emeralds to then fight the boss which if i could just fight the boss at supersonic that'd be dope but that's not what this game is um so i i like we could go ahead and cut it but i will say that you know soundtrack uh music um all that was great. If you're a Sonic, if you like Sonic games, uh, this is something you should check out. But it's not it's not top ten. Okay, respectable. Let's cut it. Easy peasy. Um. Okay. I'm gonna talk about let's talk about Shredder's Revenge real quick. Um. Shredder's Revenge was was a good time. I played it in like a sitting or two. And it was not very long, um, very much evocative of that, like Turtles in Time sort of, you know, 90s uh, beat em up uh, era style of game. Um, I do think that there is a better version of that game out, which is Streets of Rage 4, in my opinion. Like, I think that that's like what 
what these should be, um, which is an evolution of the beat em up and not necessarily just a like a recreation of it, if that makes sense. Um, and Shredder's Revenge is not that. And I don't want to critique the game like, you know, based on what I thought it should be and rather than what it actually is. Um, but that was like the thought process for me as I was going through it, you know great time you can have like six players on the screen that looks fucked but like it's it's it was a good it was a good time i had good, fun playing it and there's also a um raekwon and ghostface song on there there's raekwon and someone else it's definitely some woo members a part of yep. the soundtrack um and that's fucking dope so uh yeah did anyone else yeah james you played this right i think we talked about it on a previous episode yeah i did okay this is one that i uh threw on the steam deck and just kind of pop in every once in a while yeah, and I'm, yeah, man. But it 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 has a few evolutions of like that classic TMNT style, you know. Like I'll I'll give the uh, the expanding move set, the leveling up, that kind of thing mm. is nice and mm-hmm. different. It it does enough to separate itself from those that classic turtles in time. Like for me, I always go back to Chuck E. Cheese mm-hmm. when I think of those classic games because that's what they had there. But like, I don't know. I really did enjoy this one. Another pleasant surprise for me. Did you? Sorry. Oh yeah, go ahead, Chris. I was gonna say sorry. Are you guys leaning towards uh, we keeping this on here? Are we talking about it? Are we cutting it? Are there, are there things that's not gonna stand up to down the road? I am personally fine with cutting it, but yeah, I mean, what do you what do you think, James? Let me look at my list real quick. I want you to stay. I don't know, man. For me, it makes top 10 over here. Out of what I'm seeing left, it makes top 10 for me. Okay, we can keep it for now. All right, so let's do a last round of cuts, and then um, and then we can just go for a free-for-all, because our list is getting shorter here. Um, and I think we could just hit the ones that we didn't get to in the round robin. So, James, what you got for our last round here? Mm. Road 96. Okay, so I'll talk about this one. This one is a um, so it's essentially a game where you're playing as different hitchhikers trying to make it out of a country, um, and you're pretty much going north. Uh, so you're you'll come across these characters that stay persistent in the world because the game is taking place uh, like each time you're playing as a character uh, is like on like during a certain stretch of time. So like there are certain times where like based on like when you're playing as that character other persistent characters in the world like they are doing certain things so you can sort of interact with the world like based off of the information that you sort of know already um i thought this was cool uh it was a it's a it's a cool like it's a it's a it's a fun little adventure game um i had fun with it i don't like this this sort of falls down to the uh you know whether or not other people played it and sort of agree with it um has anybody else played this? No, but I wanted to. This trailer looks looked awesome. Like from yeah. they've showed it at a couple trade shows and it looks really cool. Yeah, so like just sort of uh the the sort of gist that you get from writing from like the the games like um what's the game that you like? Uh that you talk about um. uh the, the, the one where it's like they they each character has like superpowers or whatever. Not superpowers. They have like um not tell me why the people that may tell me why oh life is strange life is strange it sort of reminds me of that a little bit oh okay mm-hmm. yeah yeah that sounds sick 
I mean, I mean, what do you think? Where are you? You keeping that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're cutting it. Oh, okay. okay. Sure. Yeah, it sounds dope though. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that it made the lists because it's back on my radar now. Um, I want to check this out at some point. Game Pass, my friend. Game Pass. Ooh, thank you. Mm-hmm. All right, Elena. Uh, I'm gonna go for. Oh, there's a couple I would go for, but let's go for Sifu. It's a good choice. That is a good choice. I have not played it. But I think all three of us did. I know you have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who wants to start? Wait, it's a good, a good choice to eliminate. Well, just a good. I mean, I think it's a good discussion at this at this stage when we're getting down to like the last twenty or so. Okay, so Chris, this is the game I was referring to when you said Midnight Fight Express. Oh, okay. Okay. That 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 um just a different perspective, but man, Sifu came out of nowhere for me this year too. Um, really love the combat model in this game. Um, I love the 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 tight gameplay. The story was engaging enough. Um, that death mechanic was so fun. Like I, it was maybe like three or four runs in, and it finally started to click, and then it was like, oh yeah, I need to, I need to like master this as much as I can anyway. So it was just a really addictive loop, and I think that um, I don't know, they, they did something really dope with that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, I I agree. I don't even disagree with anything you said. I I think all of that is true. Um. Or at least it was for me. I think where I started kind of hopping off was around that museum level, which is, I think, halfway through through the game. Um, oh, what? And, uh, like, I, I liked it. I liked that level. And I, I and I love the gameplay up to that point. I mean, this seems like a game that should just be an automatic win for me. And it was for, for I don't know, the 10 or 15 hours I spent on it or however much. But I think the progression kind of stopped me from, like wanted to actually uh complete the game like i still have it downloaded on my on my console and and which is an indicator that like something in me wants to go back and and see that through to its end maybe on like the easier difficulty um but i don't even know if it's difficulty that was like killing it for me i think it was the repetitive nature of like of of being at because i died at when i was i'm sorry i completed the previous level at a like middle to late age so really what that meant is if you're not familiar like if you die if you complete a level you have to um leave that level at the age that you are because every eight or every time you die there's a multiplier that increases um and you age like in real time basically and once you get to what is it like 80 or something then yeah you're i think 80 is the max yeah like you're you're dead and, and not coming back so i finished that previous that second level i think with a club i guess um at i don't know 50 something like mid 50s and it just made the museum so much more stressful because i had so much less wiggle room to complete that uh that level with uh and I didn't find that aspect of it great for me to go back through the club level, something I already like had sort of fumbled my way through um, Mm -hmm. and got down at least like, you know, to that part. And I was like, man, there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to do it like at a at a quicker or more efficient clip. And it was like, I didn't really want to go back and do that level just to do the museum stuff. Um, And I think that's Mm -hmm. where I started kind of 
I was like, ah, I don't know. I like everything about it. I like the aesthetic. I like that it takes, it cribs from a lot of the action movies that I really enjoy, like Old Boy. Um, even there's some The Raid in there. Um, there's there's a lot of classic action cinema, like the people who clearly know their shit. Um, and it feels visceral. It feels very, like, like people getting hit feels like people getting hit. Um, and it's, it's, there's not a lot of games that do melee combat like that. Uh, so I do have to commend it for that. But yeah, I, I, there was just something about it. It just didn't get that momentum going for me. I guess maybe it's like the roguelike element maybe also was a little harsh, but I don't know. That's really interesting. Like I feel like we have very just divergent paths at that, that same kind of juncture because I know exactly what part you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But it was, for me, it was like the, okay, then maybe I can like perfect this club level. Mm-hmm. And so I won't have to worry about by the time I get to the um, what to the uh, the museum. But I know mm. when you get to that that little secret dojo at the end there, mm-hmm. and it like really turns with difficulty. I know exactly what part you're talking about. But man, that was that was part of like where the skill really became to like hone in for me. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And 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 there's um there's a moment in that first level too where I discovered it was like oh okay they want you to go and really exp- they don't want you to just like zoom through the levels as quickly as you can they want you to also like explore because then you unlock shortcuts that get you to the boss fights quicker so that you can like it's very much a and i wasn't anticipating that it would be this before i played it but it's very much a uh, perfectionist game like it wants you to do exactly what you just said which is play through a run as as cleanly and as perfect as possible or else you don't progress and there's a game that we haven't talked about yet on this list that has like the opposite philosophy on that and i enjoyed it i think because of it um i mean fuck it it's neon white like that's basically the the like the opposite philosophy that game takes where like you can be as sloppy or as perfect on a level as you can just get to the end and i spent countless times trying to like beat scores um, but I was never impeded by, uh, like, by my progress, and maybe that was what was good. I mean, I haven't, I'm glad we're having this conversation, because I don't think I've ever, like, talked that out, um, so to, as to, like, why I felt that way. Um, I'm fine, ultimately, I'm fine with this game staying for right now. Uh, I, I don't feel the desire to cut it right this second, um, so and it sounds like it's pretty, like, you're pretty passionate about it, James, so mm-hmm. I feel like it should stay for right now. Um, is it Elena? It's uh, that was Elena, so it's yours. Oh, okay. Um, so I got one to cut because I think I'm the only one that's played it. Um, okay. anyone played Metal Hellsinger? I did play Metal Hellsinger. Yes. I just played this too. Yes. Okay. So how do y'all feel about that? I think it's very good. I really like that game a lot. Okay, I do too. So, <laughs> so we're in a good place here. Okay, 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 yeah. okay, okay. Um, yeah. So th- I don't know what it is about like these um, like these rhythm, like these these hybrid rhythm games that are coming mm-hmm. out. But so far, they've all been bangers. Yeah. Uh, so this one came out twenty twenty two. This year we had Hi Fi Rush, but you know, and there's like a couple of other like rhythm hybrid games that that are like coming out mm-hmm. or have been out. And this one is one of the ones that do it really well. Um, mm-hmm. So you're, you're, it's, it's this sort of also has like that PS2 uh, era um, feel to it, where it's like you know you have your your missions and you have your levels and you're, it's it's linear, it's just straight through it, and you're essentially 
it's it i feel like the more you play this game the more you sort of uh, uh get down to like just the rhythm of the game like just the the, the the more it opens up the more fun that you have the more uh you could do with like different weapons and uh it's just it's fun like i had a blast playing this game yeah it, it's fucking awesome i mean this game is i just went to a a, a, a progressive rock show the other day and it honestly just made me want to boot this this game up uh and like it's it's metal as fuck and i mean that like literally and figuratively too um the soundtrack is immaculate i love the concept of of the lyrics kicking in at like your max combo meter like that's such a such a sick mechanic um and the fact that like you know everything is so smooth as well like it's very doom-esque in the way that the enemies um, kind of operate um, and the game's tone is it's not like taking itself overly seriously it's kind of you know kind of tongue-in-cheek a little bit um, and just damn satisfying to play and and you get multiple styles of combat too you get your like your ranged attack your sword and then your shotgun it feels it all feels cohesive in a way that I feel like it's really hard to get in uh, a game like this yeah and and like I feel like it's also like once you get where once you really get accustomed to it, like you, you should really shouldn't feel afraid of like just sticking with one weapon. You should. I feel like eventually, like you, you feel like you'll do better, like swapping weapons. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Based, yeah, based on like your situations and everything. So yeah, I'm, I'm all for this. Damn, I here, here, here I was thinking that I was the only one that played this. Yeah, so mm-hmm. I guess we, I guess we're keeping it. Yeah, let's keep it for now. Okay. Um. Okay. So on for me, I'm gonna do Roller Drone. Uh, Roller Drone is super, super cool. Uh, it has a compelling art style. Um, it's by Roll17? I don't know if that's them. It might be I them. Think, I, think, I think it's them. Okay. Um, they uh, they made this game that's like uh, very it's Jet Set Radio-ish. It's as far as like the idea of skates and cell shading and things like that. But it is an arena game. So you are playing a, a, a character who is like almost in a Mad Max style environment where she has to uh, kill her way out of the um, roller drome and, uh, and, and she's dealing with like, you know, people with rockets and machine guns and shit like that. And, and there are combo multipliers. Uh, you do tricks. Um, you can grind and like do all sorts of fun stuff, but you're also shooting, like you've got weapons at your disposal, uh, like uh, SMGs or um, I think shotguns, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you can also counter enemy rockets um, and you have a dodge mechanic that feels just super dope to pull off. Um, it's a game that I thought was really neat, again, but it is also a game heavily based on score. So progression is gated by your ability to get, I think, a certain amount of goals each level. Um, kind of like the Tony Hawk goals, like the one through three, where you have to do, like, you know, you got two minutes to, you know, get skate, collect skate letters, or get a high score of 100,000 or whatever. Um, you have to basically do that. Um, and I'm not saying that as, like, a, a critique of the game. I think that that's perfectly fine, uh, but that is something to know going into it. Uh, it's not just like a straight linear uh, experience. Um, but yeah, I think it's an easy cut to make. Uh, well, easy in comparison to the rest of this list. Super unique, though, uh, and I thought it deserved a shout. Okay. All right. Roller Drone was out, so I'll actually move that one. Okay, so I think at this point where we are in the list, I think we should just kind of like people should just hop around and 
start calling some stuff out that we haven't talked about yet because now we have a good mix of what of things we haven't talked about and things we need to return to okay um let's talk about because there's a couple on here that i've heard good things about yes but i haven't had a chance to, to play oh like elden ring um no I've, yeah that's true i played i played elden ring. I'm, I'm being i'm being Did sarcastic you? i'm sorry what <laughs> <laughs> um let's okay so here's Let's talk about Cult of the Lamb. Okay. Who's uh, who's who's played that? That was me. Okay, so I've heard really good things about this game. What's what's great about it? Okay, so Cult of the Lamb is one of those games that managed to balance a whole bunch of different games you've heard before, but into like a, a nice, fun distilled package. So you've got a little bit of like a town manager, almost like Animal Crossing style. You've got a little bit of like roguelike dungeon crawling. You get a little bit of fishing mini game. Um, and so you play as this lamb who is about to be sacrificed and then saved by the uh, the demon you're about to be sacrificed to. And so as a, as a reward, you now become his new um, his new like cult leader. And so you end up going through the forest, saving other creatures other forest animals and converting them to your cult so as you bring them into the cult you have to then like take care of their food needs their um their faith needs um and try and build up your your cult so you have like better um materials better weapons and so you can go back further into dungeons clear out all the either um the other demons and then make your cult the best cult possible essentially is the loop there hmm and, of course, it sounds super morbid because you can do things like sacrifice your villagers and make them eat poop and just like a random stuff. But it's got this super cute, fun, animal art style that just works for the game. And it it sounds terrible, but it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a really good time. Combat is um, pretty simple. It's snappy. It's that, that top-down um, dungeon crawler aesthetic. The... City management's a lot of fun. The interactions with the followers are funny. So you, you can do things like like certain rituals so they'll work through like, the hours of the night and not get tired. And just like small random things like that. But it was just something crazy to see on a Switch of all things. But um, I don't know. I really like that game a lot. Yeah. So this is one of the games that I like. I randomly re-picked up Hades uh, mm. this year. And like, Good for like you. heavily, like I actually finally completed Hades. Oh, nice! Like all ten yeah. Hades defeats. Uh huh. Oh, well, nice. And nice. um, right after, like around that time, that's when this came out, and I was like, okay, like I just like really dove into this roguelike. Do I want to do that again? So I sort of put it on the back burner and never got back to it. So I I know that this is this would be one of the games that if I had the time to play it this year, I would have fought for. Please do go back to it. Doesn't take a lot of time. That's the beauty of like this type of uh, format. It's very much a pick up and play kind of game. Run like a dungeon, manage like one or two things with your uh, your village, and then go about your day. Do you feel strong enough to keep it on the list? I do. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's finish talking about some of this other stuff then. Let's keep it on for now. Okay. Uh, what Bayonetta three? Actually, who played that? Didn't you play that, Chris? I played a, like just a little bit of it, so like not really enough to really defend it. Uh, okay, okay, that's my bad. I actually thought you did. <laughs> okay, oh. <laughs> okay, easy cut. 
right, yeah. Bayo. Bye-bye. Goodbye, Bayo. Um, okay. I'm adding that down here. Okay, what about uh Pentiment? We're just gonna go up the list. Pentiment. Um I think Pentiment is one of the best games of last year. Um it is phenomenal. It is one of two games that Microsoft released last year. Um, which is wild to say out loud. Uh that's craziness, but they released an absolute banger. Um this game is essentially a historical murder mystery. Um, so you play in, I want to say the 1500s, I think, um, as uh, Andreas Mahler. And you sort of shape like his character through the opening of the game. I mean, the game op- immediately opens and you are kind of selecting traits uh, through dialogue options that he has. Like you can choose to be... Um, a hedonist, um, you know, you want to just chase around women, then cool. You want to be like, you know, a scholar or an, or academic or whatever. Um, you could do that as well. Um, it, it's it's really neat. And so he is a written character, and it's unique in the sense that, like, yes, he is written. He is like an established figure, but you do shape him as a person, and that does come into play later on. Um, I I'm going to try to avoid hard spoilers, but it's going to be impossible. For me to detail the brilliance of this game without like telling some of the giving away some of the stuff so just be forewarned here um but it's a game that takes place over the course of decades um and it actually is essentially like in the, the thematically it is a game about the passage of time and humanity's sort of uh resonance uh, with that like how how history um how time dictates history in a lot of ways. Um, and so the the game actually begins with uh, you uh, ending up in this uh, town, small town with an abbey, uh, which is like where the, the not monks, but like their, their uh, priests, people of the cloth, essentially, of, uh, of Catholicism, I think. Um, and then there, there are also nuns there that you interact with, and they all, they all are uh, kind of beholden to. I'm sorry, there's a town there that is beholden to this abbey, which provides the resources monetarily um, to to the town. So they, it's almost like a, 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 it feels a little like a parasitic relationship in some way. And there are people in the town who aren't as cool with the abbey being there. I mean, it's they're religious, so they, you know, they value them but they do understand they don't love everything about the abbey and they don't like they don't love everybody there um then there's a duke who visits um and he is in town to check on the progress of a manuscript he's ordered um and you as the character are actually studying at the abbey at the time i know i mentioned that he's visiting he is but he's like he's actually working at the abbey and there's a manuscript that the duke orders and he's there. You kind of talk with the Duke a little bit about it. And the next day comes and he's murdered. And the thing is, you don't know uh, why. You just know what's happened. And you as the player have to basically ace attorney your way through it. Except the difference is with ace attorney, it's a very linear progression and experience that a very narrative driven in the sense that like the, the culprit is set. The evidence is set. Um, and and that's that. But Pentiment takes place over the course of multiple cycles in a day. So every single action or thing that you choose to pursue 
is uh, pushes the day forward. So if I choose to go pursue a lead about like the weapon, for instance, that might take uh, an entire afternoon. So I might lock myself out of other options or leads that I could have pursued in order to find um, like a in order to make a d deduction about you know the killer that may have been helpful. But and, and and I say that and some players might recoil at that. Like me, for instance, I'm a min max type of guy when it comes to this. I want to see every goddamn thing imaginable. I don't want to miss anything. But you have to get out of that uh, mentality because the game is the game's point is not that you find out who actually does it. It's the fact that you're, you know, in the 16th century working with what you have. Um, and I think there's a really powerful, um, statement about kind of, uh, challenging the, the player's notion of that, of like trying to see every outcome and every, uh, every possible, you know, thing that can be done to, to get a definitive answer on something. Um, I'm going to pause there for right now, but if it's not obvious, I want to keep this game on this list. I'm not ready. <laughs> there it is. Um, I don't think that this is. I think it will be a crime if if this gets cut. Like this, like there's there's so much. There, I have more things to say, but need it be defended further, which it may need to be. Then I I will pull that out then. But um, I just wanted to talk about. Does that all that make sense? Kind of. I know I sort of haphazardly explained like the mechanics, but hopefully that made sense. Um, okay. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah, let's keep that for now. Um, you know what I will also talk about for a second is uh, Immortality. Am I the only person to play this one too? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay, so um, Immortality is a really cool game by uh, Sam Barlow, uh, who did, I think, Her her Lies or True Lies? Telling Lies? Or Her Story? Telling, yeah, Telling Lies, Her Story. Okay. So I had actually never... Play, I think I played a little bit of her story, um, and it was cool. Uh, and I, I, but I haven't like played a bunch of his stuff to completion. Um, Immortality is very interesting. It's a very interesting game. Um, it is a game that you do not play in the traditional sense. It is essentially an FMV title where you are simply the game starts you out with off with one clip, and you are kind of in a museum of um, of of clips from this this woman named i think her name is maria i think um and and the the idea is you're trying to find out what happened to this actress like she came in the she arrived in the 60s i think shot a film or i'm sorry yeah 60s shot a film and then a few years later shot a film in the 70s disappeared for like 10 or 15 years and then came back in i believe the 90s and shot a film and then disappeared again and no one knows where she is like what happened why did she disappear the first time where is she now nobody knows any of that um heads up i actually am going to spoil the shit out of this game um but uh and, and so you only have these clips to kind of go on um and there's something there's there's something very unsettling about it because you're trolling th trawling through the clips and you're in every time you, you have a pointer i was playing on the series x and uh you have a pointer that can can click into certain things in the scene like you might 
uh, you might see like a plant in the background and it'll do something called a cross cut, which means that it will um, zoom in really close to that plant and it'll zoom back out and you'll be in a different scene completely, maybe from a different movie or whatever with a plant inside of it. It might even be the same plant if they're using the same set. So you're supposed to unlock multiple clips and, uh, and, and jump from scene to scene to scene in order to find, uh, in order to unlock more clips. And at first, I spent the first, like, five hours of the game just kind of like, maybe not five, but it was definitely like three or plus, um, go, just watching the clips and kind of being like, this is interesting on itself because it's all three movies that, that she shot plus behind-the-scenes clips and interviews and and all sorts of stuff award show dinners it's like it's just people it's like found footage just found footage of the game essentially and and i noticed something get really weird when my controller started vibrating and i noticed it before and i was like okay that's i don't know why it's doing that and there's no real prompt or control thing to tell you like press this when your controller is vibrating so i didn't know what the hell to do so i just started pressing buttons and uh i accidentally rewound I was rewinding a little bit because I wanted to see something um, in a scene while the controller was vibrating. And all of a sudden, the picture started to flicker. And it started to, like, um, go to black and white. And it was, like, all of a sudden, it was, like, this woman. It was, like, this woman, this naked woman just standing there and, like, kind of looking menacingly into the camera. And I was, like, oh, oh, what the fuck is this? And uh, fortunately, I had done my due diligence of, like, saving each clip as I had found them in an archive. And uh, so I went back and like re and found out that rewinding or messing with the time inside of the clips would reveal like phantom clips almost. Like for instance, there was a scene where they were uh, two actors were fighting, one being uh, the Marissa woman was fighting or, or play fighting obviously uh, one of the other actors. And I, the controller started rumbling in that moment. I started messing with the time a little bit, and it reveals an, alter, an alternate clip where Marissa's actually murdering this actor. Like it's not, it's not a, it's not a movie. She's literally murdering uh, some of these people in these clips. And I was like, "What the actual fuck?" Turns out, there's a whole twist in the game where Marissa has been uh, taken over by like a, a, a some sort of like satanic demon lord or something uh at some point during her her travels or her journey and has she has come back and had her body like taken over essentially and like created these alternate like uh like timelines or visions i guess for 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 actual things that had occurred in our timeline like it was an alternate version of herself and i thought that was so fucking weird and trippy and like so fucked up like i don't play this game at like 2 a.m basically is what i'm trying to say um right. it's 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 really bold and i thought like a really cool way to um to tell a story i hadn't really seen anything done like that before um there's a lot more to the story than than i'm i'm telling right now but but that's Wait, there's more to it than that there's more to it than that it's there's a lot of sex in this thing maybe don't play it with your like i don't know with young ones around uh there's a lot of shit in this game um but it is it, it it's the thing i think that drags the experience down for me is that 
until you get to that revelation with the rewind mechanic, it did feel a little aimless. Like I, and I was compelled just as a movie guy, like you all know, I love film. Um, it's great for that. And I was watching it for that. But if you're not, if you don't give a single shit about anything regarding that, you might find yourself pretty bored in the first, you know, few hours and, and just going like, what am I actually doing? And so, and you're not. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. So that was, my, that was my first like half hour with this game. Yeah. I didn't know you you played it. Well, yeah. Well, like half an hour, half an hour of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's just, it, was, it was pretty aimless for me. Yeah, and I totally I felt, get it. I totally. I felt get like it. I was just. I felt like I was just watching video clips. Yeah. And I was like, if if I'm gonna do, if I'm gonna do this, I could just be on YouTube or TikTok. Yeah, yeah, and I think the thing that differenti- differentiates it from a YouTube or TikTok is is the the alternate clips and and the feeling of discovery that you are, you know, playing some you know archivist who's discovering a story in real time and piecing it together entirely on your own. Like that's the. That's the cool thing. Um, I'm going to be honest. Like, I sort of struggled with, like, am I going to fight for this one or not? I don't know. I think it's, like, I think it's neat enough to where I think it deserves a spot. But I really don't know if I'm going to get this. I'm not going to. I don't think I'm going to get the support for it here. And I just don't think that, like, I think there are other things I would like to see. So it kind of sucks. I think this. I think this is like an 11. It's just, it's very close, uh, I think, to a top 10, but I think we can go ahead and, and cut it. All right. Which I think this game, it, it, it won a good amount of awards, or at least it got nominated a lot. As it should. I think the the main actress in it is fantastic. I mean, she's essentially playing dual roles. Um you know, as someone who you know, there's like something seriously wrong with this person, um, and it's it, the feeling of like being unsettled is just kind of unlike anything else I've played this year. Marissa, I kept saying Maria. Marissa, her, her name is Marissa, um, but the feeling of being unsettled is uh, just unparalleled, honestly. So yeah, cut. But but yeah, a fucking awesome game. Awesome game. Anybody else have any uh, call-outs? Any, we haven't know? talked about Elden Ring at all. And I think we should do that right now. I think we should just go ahead and talk about Elden Ring. Get it over with. Carefully, this everyone, as it should. I'll, say, I'll, I'll, I'll give that to y'all. Uh, I mean, so I'll, I'll say a little bit about it. I think I, I'm more interested in what you all have to say, honestly. Yeah. So I, you know, I mean, it's a thing on this show that, like, I don't really play the, the uh, from software games like that, like I I res- I respect, and like I I see why people love like these franchises, but like it's it's not really for me, and I feel like specifically with Elden Ring, I messed up my own game like my own playthrough by going with um with the mage first. I feel like I should have went with like another. So like I've gone back and I was like, you know what, let me replay it with like different classes just to see and like i i i see it now i i see it but like i haven't gone back to it like in months mm-hmm. hmm. but i think elden ring like it it just i i feel like all from soft games sort of do this where it really places you in this world and it's really like you taking in all the lore and taking in like everything that's going on and like where to go and how to play the game like that's that's literally all on you and Elden Ring, at least 
for the first part of 2022, that's all people were really talking about. And we're seeing a lot of games sort of like, sort of imitate this formula of, hey, let's place you in this open world, uh, give you an overarching idea of what you need to do, but it's up to you to really get there. And I think and I think that's cool. I just I I did I didn't give this game enough time. Mm. What, what about you guys? I think um, James. I think you'd be the. I think you've played it the next. The most, I suppose so. Yeah. Um. So I am also not really a huge FromSoft fan. Um. But. I gotta give credit to Elden Ring where it is due. I found myself in the rabbit hole. Um, spent plenty of days looking at different builds to try out. I went with um, Mage myself the first time, and I had the time of my life. Um, being able to like the casting from the horse, just the mobility the horse offers you, um, the freedom, and just kind of going wherever you want to. I didn't feel like I ran into anything that was like oppressively difficult at least starting out and i think that was super important to getting me into elden ring because i know a lot of people have hear that the dark souls formula and they think oh it's super difficult super intimidating it's not it's just understanding the limitations of your character and it's more so comical too yeah like the, the, the difficulty that people talk about with uh fromsoft games when you really step back and you really look at it, a lot of it's really comical. Yeah. No, it is. It is. I, I completely agree with both of those statements. Um, so, I mean, I, so, Elena, before we we jump in, I mean, I think this <laughs> yeah. game is staying, right? Like, I mean, I think that's kind oh, of yeah. a, I think this game is going to stay. So maybe... We're not cutting this? <laughs> I don't think I don't think we're cutting it. <laughs> I think no, at least not yet. It's not like we're on our second and third playthrough of it. No, no not at all. Not at all. Um, I so know. I think that maybe we save our arguments for the actual order list. I mean, not to make presumptions, yes. but I'm going to assume it's going to get into the top ten. It's top five. <laughs> so what do you mean top ten? Top. I'm five. trying to be charitable. Trying to be charitable. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's. Yeah. While we're talking about the big game. Oh, go ahead, Elena. I was just going to say, I'll say my one thing on it before we make our argument about it in the top 10 list. But, like, Elden Ring was such a cultural thing that happened in March, right? Or was it February? I think it was, I think it was February. Okay. That it became, like, one of the lines in Elden Ring became a meme for, like, at least a few months. Like, no maidens and no bitches like that was a meme for a good while like it just transcended from game to like mainstream stuff that's how big it was yeah yeah and it was big i will have to agree yeah it is big but i i will i will say that you know it's our list right so like the outside influence can't can't really play a factor it's like about how we felt about the game you're not wrong though it was huge um, but I, we have to, we have to debate them on our own merits here. Um, True. so while we're talking about big games, let's tackle God of War. We haven't talked about that at all or barely. I'm still like halfway through it. I have not touched it back since and I don't know why. That's interesting. Okay. Uh, is there, you said you don't know why. Okay. I would like to actually talk through that. I think that. it might be. 
So, like, personal reasons, I've been going through, like, anxiety and taking medication for it and just trying to regulate myself again. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I just haven't gotten the, the, the desire or the need to go back to it, but I probably should. Mm. I know for a fact I should, but... Even my some of my students have been bugging me to complete God of War. Yeah. Um, I guess I'll start here. Like I enjoyed my time with God of War. Um, I do think it was more of the same, and I don't think that's bad. I think in, in the opposite way that I felt about Horizon for Ben West, where it was like a little too much. I do think that Ragnarok kind of gets to the edge of that in some ways. Like for instance, when you get to the crater and it's just like, holy shit, there is another game inside of this video game. Um, I actually liked a lot of it. Um, and I don't truly have much criticism for it. Um, I will say that I was a little disappointed with, um, kind of the climax, the, the climactic battle that you have, uh, toward the end of that game, but I don't think it was a game killer at all. Um, and I do, even though I didn't, <laughs> going back to the, our Horizon conversation about loot, um, <laughs> I did not give a single shit about loot, but God of War did not make me care about that. Um, and I felt like I could accomplish everything I wanted in that game without 100%ing it and still feel like I got, I got time out of it. Uh, when I think about Ragnarok, I think of the strong performances like from, um, you know, uh, Christopher Judge um, and pretty much the rest of the cast, honestly. I mean, it's they're they're uh, Ryan Hurst, by the way, Thor. This is like the the Thor like to me, like the Thor in this game is is so good. And it probably has the best opening to any of these God of War. I know a lot of people like. Oh, yeah. I think a lot of people liked ba uh, Balder from 2018, like that whole opening. I think this one just trumps it completely um i was like hooked from that moment i was like okay they're, they're already starting like you know all guns blazing it's we great swinging yes i got yes. hooked from the first fake death screen yes that shit i was like oh my god yeah yeah no it, that was awesome um and so uh, I, I do think that there is uh, there's definitely some more high moments throughout. I think that that is the absolute fucking peak, though. Um, so if you're looking for more spectacle, I don't I think people were from Ragnarok. Like a lot of people were saying, like, oh, I want more or that. It's not really going to be that. Um, and, and you're going to get a few more realms here. Um, but but a lot you're going to do a lot of revisiting. Uh, there does seem to be some padding. The some of the Valheim stuff feels like it goes on a little too long um you're hanging out with freya uh and then like double backing on a lot of that stuff there's moments where i'm just like mm, don't super love that but every time i think that's where i last left off too. yeah there's there's quite a bit of that um and so when i felt myself kind of getting pulled away something would be pulling me back in whether it was following a side quest or or maybe one of the main narrative strings um so yeah i, I also love the decision to kind of split the the time between kratos and atreus outside of the jotunheim sequence which was like fucking sluggish as shit like i that could have been a little different other than that i liked a lot of the time that we did spend with him and in um why can i Think of the name, uh, not Zeus. Um, what's the heaven for Greek mythology? Um, Valhalla. Uh, was that it? Wait for Greek. Yeah. 
Oh, Greek mythology. Oh, I'm sorry, not Greek. Uh, Olympia. Uh, uh, Olympia, not Olympia. God damn it. What is wrong with me? What's the place that they Atreus goes to with uh, Thor and... Um, Asgard. Goddamn, Asgard. Norse. Norse mythology. Norse mythology. Sorry. Oh. Sorry, I had a major brain shit there. Um, so, yeah, Asgard. Like, when you're you're going in Asgard and, and, and hanging out there, I think a lot of that stuff is really fun and cool. Um, and, yeah, Odin, by the way, also a really great uh, performance from, from that character, too. Um, Chris, James, I mean, how do you all feel about this? I don't think we've talked about this game at all. So, funny story. I haven't played it yet. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay kind of a funny story haven't finished it yet okay oh you're in the same boat as i am okay yeah i have um let me see i guess where i'm sitting at is atreus's uh first little adventure okay i'm sure there's more to come yes and we've um and we've mended some things that need to be mended that's as far as i'm going without spoiling okay um oh yeah feel free to spoil a little bit at least um okay so i mean how are we feeling then it sounds like the onus might be mostly on me to whether to keep this or not because you said it very much in the beginning this feels very a lot like just god of war 2018 again yes um outside of the story i really don't have much of a um desire to continue which is weird oh wow okay Okay. Um, not to say that, not to say that it's bad, mm-hmm. but it feels very much like I've done before. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there's some things I can like, I can change in accessibility. Like I can do the um, the puzzle timers. That got old really quickly. I got to be like looking and trying to take in an area. You know, brother, you could do this and take <laughs> down the thing. Like, All right, bro. Can I can I game, please? Yeah. Like your your time will come. Yeah. Let me get to- I never get tired of his voice. I will listen to him every every second. But don't spoil the game for me while I'm in the middle of figuring it out. Like don't. Yeah, don't I get you. Cut yourself. It is re- it is very frequent. Um, okay. Well, I'm kind of okay cutting it to be honest. <gasps> it won so many awards. That's the thing. I'm I don't know it. if I can agree with that. Hold on. I'll, I would, I'm, I'm okay I would with it. keep it. We can keep it for I now. Would... We, we can keep it for now. Yeah. Okay. Um... Should we talk about Neon White? Yeah, let's talk about Neon White. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. You want to start? Oh, that we yeah. Not? No, we didn't. Not yet. No, we just mentioned it. Okay. Have fun. That would say that's a very fun game. It's hard. Okay, so I tried to do it on the 3D. No, not the 3DS, but the Switch handheld. I had a difficult time, but once I put it into the dock and used an actual controller, I had a better time with it. Yeah, same same here. Well, I didn't dock it, I don't think, ever, but I did play it, excuse me, almost entirely in handheld. Um, and uh, it, it's a game, if you're not familiar, it is a... Um, it's like a, a speed run type of game, platformer, basically, where you're dealing with cards uh, on the field, and the, uh, the cards are weapons, usually. Um, and it could be like a shotgun or a pistol or whatever. Or if you discard that that weapon um, and don't use it, then you can use a special ability. So I think, for instance, the pistol, uh, if you discard it, lets you double jump. Um, and I, th- I think so. And I think the shotgun lets you dash. 
something like that. So basically, you get like a combination of these these abilities, and I think you could store up to like three or four, something like that, cards, and you use them in tandem with with each other to get a super super fast time. So I mean, some of these levels can be completed in like ten seconds if you know what you're doing, um, and they're meant to be played over and over and over again. And it's like we were talking about uh, James. That's why you thought you talked about Neon White because uh, I was relating it to Sifu. And how with Sifu, the idea is to be a perfectionist, otherwise it keeps your progress. Um, mm-hmm. Even though, yes, there are some roguelite elements where you can keep abilities, um, you know, if you get enough, uh, I think, XP for them or whatever. But in Neon White, the whole thing is, hey, just complete the level. You complete the level um, under, I think, there is a, a game-mandated time, I think. Uh, where you do have to complete it by then, but it's usually really generous, and I think I, I barely failed those. Um, but my aspiration was to just get on, like, the global leaderboards and also to beat Elena. We had a friendly competition going the whole time. Um, and then that was, that was like, some of my most, like, precious memories of the year were just, like, speed running uh, these these levels. Um, and the creativity and the just the the feeling of euphoria that you get when you just nail a run, it's just unprecedented. It's just like unlike anything unlike anything else I felt this year, um, just gameplay wise, it was spectacular. Loved it. It stays. What about the story? I wasn't really paying attention a whole month. The, the, a whole the story is, is bad. The story, you should skip the story. The story, <laughs> yeah. That's what I thought because the purple goth chick was, I was just like, fuck, shut no, up. It, yeah. And then, and then the dude is, or the yellow dude is just like, just there. Yeah. It's very like cringy anime. Um, uh. It's not good. It's it's not good. In fact, I would I very rarely say this too, but feel free to just skip the cutscenes. Um, it's not worth it. Yeah, I think I started speeding past through some of them. Yeah. Anytime the cat speaks, I would speed past through. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think that I think that stays. That's that's an easy stay. Um, Did you do any of the characters like side missions? Like yes, uh, yes, I did. Purple bunny and. Yes. Red and whatever. Yeah, because you get extra levels um, by doing that stuff. So, yeah, I made it a point to go out of my way and, and do that. Okay. Yeah. Did you get, did you beat it? Because I have I not. did. I completed it. I completed it and even went back and to, like, mop up some, some additional levels. And you can go back and 100%. And if you 100%, then you get, I think, additional. You can continue getting more levels um, that way. So, yeah, I did complete it. I saw credits, and there's an ending to the game that you cannot unlock unless you do something earlier in the game. So it, the game doesn't incentivize you to go back and replay some of it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Is the end just as bad, or is it just kind of... It's pretty dumb. I, every Everything in the story is dumb. Like, uh, okay. yeah. It, I, in fact, I couldn't even, like... I could try to recount it to you, but you will be dumber for it. So... Uh, oh, we will cool. we, we will all lose brain cells uh, okay. <laughs> to do that. Um, it's really not good, but every, but the gameplay is so just pristine and divine. Like it, it very fun. yeah. It's you're not there for the story. You're going to be there for yeah. the gameplay. Um, looks like we can almost wrap up most of the. We only have a couple more to talk about. Uh, Rogue Legacy Two. Let's, who's got that? Uh, okay, yeah. So apparently roguelikes were just like the year for me last year. 
Um, Rogue Legacy 2 is a 2D roguelike with a very fun premise that every time you die, you come back as a descendant of your previous character. Mm -hmm. And each descendant comes with their own special bit of uh, randomized traits. So say I start out as a warrior. I can block with my shield and swing my sword. But if I die, my descendant comes back as, say, a mage who has the ability to throw range but doesn't have very good up-close abilities. And they'll have some random trait like um, fear of spiders or monochromatic vision. And this will affect every bit of the gameplay. Um, and it's just really cool. It was really fun to uh, see how far you can get inside of a certain um, biome in the roguelike. You would die, spend that money at your base to unlock new traits and to unlock new descendants and to upgrade your abilities. And just that loop of like making your way to the boss, realizing you're woefully undermatched, and then seeing what new abilities you pick up through chance. And so it even has a um, <clears throat> a really fun variety of classes. Mm -hmm. So you, of course, you have the traditional mage, wizard, um, I'm sorry, warrior, ranger, that sort of thing. But you can also be like a boxer or a chef or a bard or um, what was another just like really random class? Doesn't matter. The point is, um, you never knew what you were, you never know what you're gonna get, and it really incentivizes you to really explore the tree and to just see how far you can take your abilities. And you can pick up different um, class abilities in the dungeon for exchange for different penalties. So yeah, it was just a really simple, fun game that works. It was a real good time sink. I just really enjoyed Rogue Legacy too. Hmm. Okay, you think it's staying? Mm, I don't think I have enough people to fight for it. I did not uh, play. I've only played the first one. I'm kind of <clears throat> interested in this one. And judging by what you just said, I probably should check it out. Mm -hmm. I think you'd like it. Yeah, uh, this is on my list, but I haven't played it. Hmm. It's on you, James. One, you, two, uh, you let us know. Three, four, five. I think it can stay. Okay. I'm going to stay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. How about um Midnight Suns? Who's got that? I think I Midnight Suns too. Yeah, that was just me. Okay. So um Midnight Suns is a tactical card-based game brought to you by the creators of XCOM, who are also known for their tactical turn-based combat. Um in this variation of the gameplay formula, you play as the recently rewoken hunter. You have to take down your demon mother, Lilith, and you've been recruited by the Midnight Suns, which is like the paranormal activity part of the Marvel Universe. Hmm. So you come across some um, some less-known characters like Nico Minoru from the Runaways or um, Magic from the X-Men. But you also get characters like Blade and Ghost Rider and Captain America, Iron Man, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man. So a good mixture of... like new and lesser known characters of, of like classic and lesser known characters mm -hmm. and the entire gameplay loop is instead of having your normal attacks they're all tied to cards which also have um movement costs energy costs and that sort of thing but that's literally only half of the game the other half is kind of like this 
persona style hangout in your ab wait the, what uh, your, yeah so you you spend time in what they call the abbey um it's like a open world zone area you can do like trainings you can go to um you can send different characters out on different missions to collect items you can collect gifts around to give to your um to give to your teammates so say like you find a book about quantum mechanics and you're like huh tony might like this so you take it over to iron man and he gives you some snarky iron man comment and then your relationship meter goes up and as you build relationships in outside of combat it affects you in combat so now we have a cool team up attack where hmm. he'll do like air support for me so yes yeah, so it kind of sounds a little <clears throat> bit like fire emblem in some ways too yeah fire emblem persona card based version kind of all in that same warehouse and this is a fire access game right fire access yes okay so the writing is not the greatest um and honestly I could see some of the dialogue like grading on people if you want that more serious side of the Marvel comics. But this game understands that it's kind of hokey and it leans into that. Like Blade starts a book club. <laughs> Just like random stuff like that. As one does, yes. Yeah, because he, he's trying to holler at one of the uh, the other Avengers. I'm not going to spoil who, if you're curious. But it's, it's just like a fun like little side plots like that. Yeah. Or like Magic understanding how to deal with a team in the first place. She's very much a loner. And so you, you get those, like half the game is built around these interactions and building your... Not, not now, Siri. <laughs> Thank you. Siri not advocating now. for Midnight Suns? Okay. <laughs> okay, Siri obviously likes it too. <laughs> But um, it's the stage. Series said so. Okay, there we go. <laughs> All right, Marvel's the nice ones. That's two for two, baby. Uh, yes. Um, okay, we only have three more left to not to talk about. Um, two of them are mine actually, or at least ones that I've played. Uh, okay, let me knock those out real quick. So Norco, <clears throat> well Norco, uh, Chris, you've played Norco. Yeah, I played a little bit of it. A little bit of it. Well, how about you start and then I'll finish up. Um, well. Was this that really funny game you told me to play? Yes. Yeah. So yes. yeah, like okay. so like the, the the writing is what like kept me playing. Um I think I got into maybe the th- third chapter where you start where you start uh seeing things that like as a mom. Oh, uh, that might be Act Two, actually. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, so that's that's about as far as I got. Um, but it, I mean, it it's not that like I didn't want to go back to it. It's more so more so just timing. Yeah. And everything. Um, but I I liked what I played. Yeah. Um, I have a lot to say about this game. I think this game should stay. Um, and it's it's one of the best narrative games I played last year. Um, in a in a game in a year where I think we just had some just bonkers narrative games. Like I mean, I think some of the best I've played in maybe several years. Um, like this is one of them. Uh, this is game. This is made by I believe the man is called his name is is Utes or at least his like his game develop, developer name is Utes, and it's his first game ever uh, that he made. And uh, it's it's a it's based in an actual location in the U.S. Uh, Norco, Louisiana, um, and I am not familiar. My mom is from Louisiana, but I am not actually familiar with that part of the state. And it's an industrial town uh, in real life and in the game, um, and it takes place in the future. And it has this really 
interesting vibe of uh like of future but like also kind of run down and shitty like it feels like you are in a very decrepit part of the of the country um and that was very much an intention of uh of the the designer the writer um you know he he represents the south in a way that i have never seen presented ever um and i i read a an interesting excerpt from a, a piece a really long piece about this game that was really informational um and they said that you know people from the south know how to write the south and usually people write about it who are not from from there and it usually comes off in like you know uh stereotypes and uh kind of caricatures and in norco they, these are fully realized human beings uh, that you're dealing with. The, the The idea of the game is that you are playing a woman named Kay who is returning to Norco in order to um, kind of clean up some loose ends from her mother who has actually just passed away from cancer uh, and or it's claimed to be cancer and um, and to find her brother. She's trying to find her brother um and and kind of talk to him about things and see where everything is at um she's been a bit of a wanderer in, in her life and uh the family android is there uh just kind of like taking care of things and you kind of go on a mini adventure trying to solve the mysteries of you know what's really going on in the town what happened what actually happened to your mother like if if anything else did happen um why is the the corporation who is the oil company or I think it's the oil or gas comp corporation, um, you know, kind of encroaching upon more and more of the city? Like, what does that mean? Um, there's a lot of it's it's a game about environmental racism. Um, it's about uh, just the idea of, again, that phrase, late stage capitalism kind of rearing its ugly head. Um, it, it's it's I, I think it's an exceptional game. Um, it stays for sure. And I definitely have more specific things that I'll pull from uh, when we have to get down to brass tacks here. Um, Citizen Sleeper is the another game that we played. Absolutely staying on the list. This is one of the this is the maybe the best narrative game I've played last year. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me back that up. It is uh, the game that I had the biggest reaction to this year emotionally uh, this game made me nearly tear up multiple times um i don't think i have ever done that outside of maybe outer wilds uh so that's a pretty high compliment there um this is a this is basically an rpg game um, or tabletop rpg is essentially what it's kind of played like um, it takes place entirely on a 3d plane where you sort of see um, like kind of the places that you are it takes place on a space station called the eye and uh, you are known as a sleeper someone who um, whose consciousness is in like an android body like human consciousness you've sold your human body um, and now you are basically in this android body that has escaped um, from captivity or, or escaped from the corporation who was holding you and you've escaped to the or you stowed away to the space station called the eye and on the eye is where it's this it's this uh, station where a lot of um, it's basically <laughs> it's it's once again a story about how terrible capitalism is uh, because these corporations have essentially just drained completely dry the citizens who live there. Uh, people are scraping by 
uh, barely. Um, you know, you see it in their the illustrations for them. There's no like models or character models or anything. Um, it's just like illustrations and in text. It is essentially a novel. Like a lot of people say, like you know, graphic novels or or like you're reading a lot of things. You are 110 percent reading this shit. Um, and when I started this game, it was like one o'clock in the morning, and I wasn't like. 100% in the space to like consume that in the moment but it managed to still hook me despite that um and uh and be a hell of an experience uh, one of the things that you do gameplay wise one of the few things that you do actually is every at the start of every single day um your body takes like damage like you your body cannot live without a certain serum that it needs and you need to find as the player um so you have to go on missions and choose to um take on like odd jobs to to get enough serum to survive and you have to make daily choices so like at the start of every day you might have like six die um and if you roll them that dictates the number of the actions or the probability that you're likely to be successful at something so that's kind of why it's very similar to tabletop because it or dungeon and dragons and shit because it like dictates um you know the whether actions are successful right so uh you, but the, the longer you go without the serum, the more your body starts shutting down, the less dice that you have. Uh, so you have to be very deliberate in the things that you do. Otherwise, your body will completely su shut down and you'll, you'll suffer uh, consequence, gameplay consequences for that. So that's just to kind of give you an idea. This is another game along with Norco that I will 100% be um, pulling some, from some specific narrative sequences that I thought were extremely powerful uh, for me, but uh, I think this stays too. Mm, we gotta start cutting some games. We do, <laughs> we do, we do. Um, but I can tell you right now, it's not Citizen Sleeper, at least not right now. Um, so, Vampire Survivors is the last game that we have not talked about. All right, oh. this is video game on crack. Like everything yep. that you, that people, I, I think everything that you could be addicted to, just without like microtransactions and without like pulling money out of your pockets like this game has it um this is one of those games that uh you could pick up and play um and and also quick uh shout out to the uh the person that made the game um he was like i guess shopping around for a developer to port it to to uh ios or just a mobile for him and no one could really do it in a way that wasn't uh predatory so he was like you know what f it i'll do it myself release the game for free and it has ads but it only has ads in like ways that sort of help you like either get an extra life or um if you want to double like your coin count like stuff that you know you can sort of get away with um so just just quick shout out for you know releasing this game uh on on in a way that people can just pick up and play it which is insane um, because the game's like five dollars normally. Exactly. Uh, but I think how many of us have played this? I've played it. Okay. I'm playing it right now. I think I think it's a solid. I think we like for sure. This is something that's gonna stay on the list. Mm -hmm. And it's up there. I yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, like you said, gotta start cutting some games, right? Um, <laughs> well, that ain't one of them. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm willing to cut both Pokemon games. I would love to do that. I would yeah, love to do that. But 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 before we get there, before we get there though, Chris, do we wanna um, 
in the episode at least here since we're at 242 uh yeah and let's make just like a clean break okay so yeah we're gonna go ahead and, and um we'll actually take a, a a clean break here guys um I think I might split this one up into two parts too, <laughs> just because it's, it's it's a long episode. Um, but yeah, definitely catch us on the next part where we break it down even more. We start fighting for placements uh, for the top ten. So uh, we first have to get to the top ten. Uh, but once we get there, we'll start ordering it and then uh, take it from there. So catch us on the next episode. Peace. <laughs>